Hello and welcome in everybody. This is All In With Adam episode 17. I had to look at my own little little clock counter. There. You should put the uh, the episode here on yeah, the dial. On the dial. So I have it on this little thing. Oh, nice. That. Okay. It's like an old, I think that came out of a, um, like it used to be at the gate for like an old arena or something, right? It's like an old school counter. Oh, or like at a like ticket a booth, or yeah, like a parking lot kind of thing where they tick like how many cars are in there. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. Because like I don't know, I guess counting is difficult, but you yeah. Know. <laughs> Kevin yeah. Durant had his name in on that one right there. Well, <laughs> Durant action. That thing's cool. Man. Oh, it is called a Durant. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny, man. Well, dude, oh, it's yeah. it's it's weird having you here because it's I you're one of the weird friends I forget how long ago we weird met. Friends that he forgets. <laughs> <laughs> just cut That's that clip out. You're one of the weird ones that I forget about. A I lot. forget about you all the time, dude. Like he still, he still exists. We used to chill. Damn. You're Kevin, right? <laughs> Devon, Devion. Okay, um, but no, it, it's weird thinking like, you know, when we met, that was so goddamn long ago. It was just so a long ago, dude. Long time. You were living with like, I think eleven other dudes. <laughs> yeah, that in, house. Yeah, in a shoebox. <laughs> It was pretty awesome. It was a shoe. It was a good too. time. It was that a was great a really time. good time there. I'll never forget because your I don't know if it was your room, but it was uh, for sure your drum studio that yeah. was in the back of the house that was like handyman special um, efficiency yes. unit that had like that little kitchen on it where the floor yeah. was like this. Oh, like dude, the crooked laminate walls floor. and shit. Yeah, they didn't own yeah. a level when they built that house. No, no, you don't need it. But that was like my favorite part of that house because yeah. to me. I mean, I didn't have a drum room or anything like that. So going over there and we literally like didn't have to leave that room all day. You had yeah. a sink running water. We could just chill. You had one kit. So we were just constantly like, oh, let me show Swapping you this. Let me show forth. you this. Let me show you this. Yeah. It's good times. Didn't we meet off of, was it like a Craigslist thing? It's exactly how we met. How so, fucking weird is that, dude? When I was in Sacramento, when I was living with Mike, I had mm -hmm. posted on Craigslist that I was coming back here. Okay. And th this is who I had studied with and whatever. And you messaged me and you're like, yeah, bro, but did you really study with Mike? <laughs> You're like, I'm a featured member on his website. Dude, no. Wait, was this 2011, 12? Uh, yes. Like Instagram didn't exist kind of thing. Yeah, like that, that was, long ago. Because I want to say, um, yeah, I moved out there in 2010 or 2011 and came back like almost 2013. So it was like somewhere in 2012 that Jesus that happened. Christ. I just got crazy. out of rehab. Yep. Remember that? Yeah, it was crazy. Wow. I remember when I first went over there, um, it was Adenson, right? Yeah, or at, off of Adenson. It was New News Adenson. Ave. Yeah. Okay. Um, you weren't smoking or doing anything. I was under a year out of rehab. Yeah. yeah. I didn't smoke. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. Now you're like a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I run a podcast talking about drugs all the time. <laughs> we the drug master. Yeah. I think I only took off a year or so after that. A year okay. or so. Which is good. Good thing to do for sure. But, you know, you got to you learn what's problematic for you and what's not. Life's kind of like that. Like, it, it, sure. You know, not everything will fuck you up in the same way that this thing did. Did you smoke you know? prior to rehab? Oh, yeah. Was alcohol and weed like the same? No, they were vice? never the same. Okay. Weed is always take it or leave it. Not a big mm -hmm. deal. Um, if I need to slow down or take a break, I can. It's not a problem. Alcohol wasn't like that, though. That was just sort of like, oh, I'm a prisoner. Like, that became <laughs> like a physical dependency, right? Yeah, I had a seizure. Yeah. That was the big, Ooh. like, weird, like, oh, shit. Like, was some, that the thing that, like, woke you up, essentially, to, to, like, change? One of, like, five things that happened. Yeah, it was, it was just like, like, there was definitely one day where I had to think back, and I'm like, okay, so that happened, and then this happened, 
And then these three things happened. And yeah. like all of those are not okay. You know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. Pissing myself <clears throat> on my motorcycle was a big Pissing one. yourself on the motorcycle. Dude, like lost physical control. Like, like so drunk and so full of piss that there was nothing I could do as a grown man on a motorcycle Whoa. on I-4. It's like, I'm, and now I'm, I'm pissing. That's Were it. Were you going like 80? Yeah. Yeah. Drunk on an interstate on a Damn. motorcycle. Which was Shorts like, or pants? Pants for sure. Okay. Yeah. So you had and some I re- soakage. That's I, rem- good. I remember. Yeah. We're, we're not trying to embarrass ourselves out here. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, I remember as I was taking off these piss soaked pants in my driveway <laughs> drunk, I remember thinking, like, this is not okay. Like, this is not a line I feel comfortable crossing. Yeah. And, you know, you, you stack up a bunch of those things, kind of like a relationship, you know, where it's just like, wait a minute, like, how much am I supposed to tolerate here or deal sure. with like none of this seems okay anymore that's how i think about a lot of my exes too just like piss in your drawers you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> just like yeah just throw them in the trash yeah dude <laughs> i don't want to do this anymore yeah no that is all jokes aside that had to be like a massive wake-up call for sure yeah yeah definitely wake-up call is probably the right way to say it yeah i have a three i did a three-part series on this podcast about like before during and after rehab mm-hmm. sort of that whole process of like what it's like to be young and not addicted to something mm-hmm. and then to learn that you have a problem yes and then go face the problem and then what you don't realize is after doing that you're like you start at zero like well, welcome back to the world you fixed sure. it also now you have yeah. nothing start over like start yeah, over good luck like, yeah. there's no handbook on this none yeah rehab is is over when your journey just begins right so it's sure. like a whole different thing when you get out of it so there was like a three-parter on that but it's um i don't know man i look you're and this might be be you as well, like with with your dad. I would think, like anybody who has early significant trauma mm-hmm. that they overcame, seems to have like this this maturity to them that's like earned because life had these these hardships built in. You know, sure. sort of like the cushy life leaves you a little vulnerable and inexperienced you're a soft. when you're yeah, yeah a little soft. You haven't seen any crazy shit yet. You know, no man, it's it builds up that that thickness, you know what I mean, of yeah. what, what you let affect you, essentially. Yeah. It's like a really thick filter for life where you're like, that's really not that bad. Where yeah. other people that have been sheltered or on a shorter leash are like, my whole world is ending because I can't do whatever it is that they're yeah. trying to do, where you and I are like, no, it's not that bad. Do you ever think about it with kids? Like, to what degree <clears throat> will you protect your child from the world? And to what degree do you let them get fucked up? You know, that's a really interesting conversation to have for sure because Taylor and I my girlfriend we talk about that well you know my girlfriend but these people might not um Taylor <laughs> and I talk about a long that. time though so your conversations yeah. about this get you know more serious and absolutely real. and we talk about like kind of what we were talking about earlier with the everyone gets a trophy kind of thing like mm-hmm. that's not what we're going to be doing because sure. you have to you wouldn't have all of this if it was given to you all like you wouldn't have worked so hard for this. You know what I mean? To, to build it into what it is today if you were just kind of given those things. Sure. Um, but as far as protection, I kind of look at it like a dog. Okay. okay. So there is my uh, so Taylor has Duke. Right. Mm-hmm. And Duke is a dickhead. He is a dick <laughs> to he is the smallest. I mean, he's as big as your foot. Boston Terrier. Yeah. Really? Okay. And he is he's a bully. So he just has that in him just as Rhino does and whatnot, like they're just aggressive, right? But there's a part of me that's like, I tell Taylor, she tries to run after him every time he chases a big dog or like nips at something that is 
like way bigger than him. Yeah. Right. And I tell her, I'm like, let him get the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Like if our, our son or daughter, maybe not our daughter, but if our son was trying to like, if he was aggressive and wanted to fight somebody, I'd be like, Hey, that's not cool. I'll say that enough times, but then after enough times you're on your own, you're going to get your ass whooped and then you're going to come back and go like, I probably won't pick on somebody that big anymore or anybody at all because that's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So absolutely. Um, You can't fully protect anything from the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll fail anyway. Oh, yeah. Right. That was a Nietzsche thing. Like the the good mother necessarily fails. Like you're going to figure it out no matter what you try and shelter them with. But I also think I don't know because Kelly and I have have we're it sounds like you guys might be, too, but like very different in the classic male female ways where like i'm much more like let him fucking drown to figure it out totally. like throw him off the deep Learn end to swim. yeah exactly and she's much more of the super nurturer type sounds like yeah. you guys are the same dynamic it's a good balance though but i also feel like this is like the universe sort of like structured it that way anyway where it's like it, ideally you don't want a kid to be raised by just the disciplinarian where it's no love it's no empathy it's no nurturing it's mm-hmm. just hard fucking rules like do it that would that would mess a kid up for sure. sure but then you can easily see like two dudes raised by single moms like you can see how the nurturing side is not at all the way to go either mm-hmm. and i think sometimes it's not it's not necessarily our job to be supremely balanced in how we think of it it's to find a person that is the balance totally right so it's like it's the contrast that like we seem to have with our significant others is like that's how it's supposed to be for sure those two influences over one one of the reasons i love taylor so much is because she is the exact opposite of me yeah i am just like i've been i don't want to like sound like i've been through a ton um as far Mm. as i just comparing it to other people that have been through like insane things that i've never even experienced but I was kicked around a lot more than she was. And so what attracted me to her was how, for lack of a better term, like how pure she was and how innocent and just like this yeah. little daisy flower beam of light. I'm like, oh, please like heal me. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, please show sure. me there's another way. Sure, like, sure. And so that's why I think a lot of this like evening out is kind of happening where, I don't know, I think she's made me a little bit more accepting to say the least, like a little bit more patient. Being a teacher, you're pretty patient. Yeah. But after a while, there's degrees of laying the hammer down, right? Well, how, like it's that scale of radical candor where it's like, are you that military suppressant teacher or are you the one on the opposite side of the spectrum that's constantly the trophies for everybody? You're you're doing the best. You're amazing. You're the best student I have. Yeah. But then they go out into the real world and you're actually doing them a disservice. Sure. You know what I mean? So I definitely saw that in Taylor where I was like, you can help me. Yeah. (laughs) On top of your hot. Yeah, yeah, that too, that too. I was really into that first, yeah, and then cool, the other cool. nice stuff was that's cool it, after. It. You know, I found out you were nice. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, man. it's weird, man. I used to think. Um, I've talked about this with with Joe a bit as well because he went through a breakup a while ago, and um, you know, I'm I'm interested in how he looks at the dating world now. Like, sure. are you looking for a while? You know, I'm not gonna put his business all out there, but we talk yeah. about it often, and it's interesting, man. I've had to explain to him that like my view in being with Kelly. Like there's certain things that, I don't know, it's like you think you would want your significant other to be to look at things the same way as you. And really, like when you're young, that's that's what you think is cool. Sure. That it's like, oh, they look at it just like me. Yeah, we're, we're just the same. alike. We like get the along. same music, same, yeah. same styles. Yeah, But sure. there's like a weird advantage to like hunting down like your, your contrast, you know, yeah. someone who fills in the gaps because... 
you can just make a long list of things that like that we suck at. You know, I'm not good at this, or this is unnatural for me, or I, I have a hard time thinking of things this way. Sure. And to have someone that fills in all of those gaps is like is it's really counterintuitive when you're young. I feel like it's something that until you experience it in that older, more mature relationship, yeah, where I'm you're sure like, oh man, I like time, like where you are in your life, where you're open to another way of sure. thinking, or like, wow, maybe the way that they approach this isn't as weird and as wrong as I've always yeah. thought it was. You yeah. know what I mean? You're yeah. just a little bit more open and this sounds horrible. Sorry, all my ex-girlfriends. Um, but <laughs> oh, Taylor, piss <laughs> pants. Uh, <laughs> I Taylor is actually the first girl that I've ever wanted to hang out with. Like she's an actual friend of mine. Like I want to chill with her sex or not. Like I want to hang out with this girl and have a conversation with her where before I wasn't even open to the idea. uh, And this is so strange because I'm like a pretty loving and sensitive dude Mm -hmm. um, being raised by a single mom and all that stuff. But like never would I want to bring an ex-girlfriend around my friend group. It was always two separate lives. Yeah, that's because strange, it's like I'm it? I'm a, a certain way around you, and then I'm a very different way around my friends. And for some reason, I think it's that like correlation with where you are in your life, your age, your experiences, all that. Yeah. Plus meeting that person that does reflect the opposite of what you think. Yeah. It becomes attractive instead of like scary, and you push it away. Yeah. Right. You bring it in. You welcome the adversity essentially instead of. I can't accept anything other than what I think sure. because it's too much for my brain to handle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I love how Jordan Peterson talks about this. He's got one, one phrase where he's like, let's be honest at best. You're like half a person, oh, right? Like dude. of all the types of people that there yeah. are, you're like half a one. Yeah. And maybe if you met someone who was like another half that maybe together you could be like one cohesive yeah, fucking exactly. person, you know? And it's yeah. like when you think about a kid and they have this entity that is just like parents, like that's it. That's how they look. Like if they don't even separate you, that maybe together you could pitch them this like one system for how to be in the world. You're gonna get some discipline. You're gonna get some love. You're gonna get some some hard beatdowns, and yeah. you're gonna get some like real sweetness and affection. And maybe together, if we just throw everything at them, we'll our be difference. All right. Yeah, we'll be all right. <laughs> we'll maybe make, make a decent human being. <laughs> maybe we exactly. could put a, pop a decent kid out into the world. Yeah, that's insane, man. Like especially with where we are in our lives, this children talk is becoming more prevalent how weird is that right sure really really strange yeah um especially for the musicians watching this you're pretty selfish as a musician actually right yeah with with your loved ones and whatnot especially because kelly doesn't play music taylor doesn't play music so this isn't like i have a a buddy of mine his name's cameron um one of his ex-girlfriends was like an amazing bass player they would gig together they would legit wear like wonder what that's the same like they would post pictures it was really funny actually um unknowingly they would dress the same like jeans and a black (laughs) t-shirt to a gig right i've never ever had that yeah and so it's like this really interesting thing where i don't know it's like this balance, I think, of just welcoming the unknown and the things that you've pushed away for so long, mm-hmm. which now happens to be children, and bringing somebody in and giving away some of that time that you spend on this instrument or time. Like, I am a person where I, I don't know if you're a little bit more dialed than this, but like, you do you section off your creative time where you're like, I'm gonna go in the studio from one to three thirty today, and I'm gonna knock out this, this, and this. I used to try and do that, but I determined, at least for me, that's not how creativity works. It's very Same. like, it shows up or it doesn't, and I'm not in control of that. And I hate that. that. Yeah. I hate that. It's like chasing a fox. It's, Dude, just it's like catching can, lightning in a bottle. Yeah. It's like turn yeah. the camera on and just play, and hopefully you catch a clip. 
Like I hated that. Maybe. Right? Yeah. And so Benny actually talks about that a lot of like, that's not a real thing of having to turn on inspiration. Yeah. It's, and I, I haven't found that yet. Yeah. I, I would love to find that. You but. can manifest like an environment for it, mm-hmm. but it's still sort of up to the ether if it's showing up or not. It's still sure. ultimately out of your hands. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Especially like your, your rest from the night before your diet, your mental space, what's going on in life, yeah. all that stuff plays into that. But back to the children thing, like you have to be, it makes sense, and I don't know why it makes sense, but it makes sense now to give up some of this time towards children, and it feels right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's I don't know if you're experiencing the same thing, and if Kelly kind of like introduced this thought into your mind, or did you guys have this separately and go like, I think it's time to have kids? Well, so th- that part of the story is actually very, very easy. We had a scare that we realized we were only calling it a scare because for the the past 10, 15 years of our sexually active lives, being pregnant was very scary. That's fucking sure. terrifying. So we call ready. it a scare. Yeah. And then we just realized with this one particular scare, which, you know, it, it ended up, she, she, she wasn't pregnant, but we weren't scared at all. We were just kind of like, that's... That's dope, actually. Made you like, like assess not, the situation because yeah. it became very real. It became very real. And yeah. we asked ourselves, like, if this really happened, like, there's no way, like, abortion or adoption, like, none of that's on the table. Like, we're definitely keeping the kid. We own a home. We both sure. have full-time jobs. Like, what reason would we possibly have for not having a kid? Just that, what, we want to wait another year or two? Like, yeah. that, that that wasn't a good enough reason. Like, we it's, would... It's the fear isn't actually real. When yeah. you look at, like, the logistics and, and the financials and the time and all that sure. stuff, it's like you create this this thing that is in your mind you're like we're not ready for that yeah it's well you're, you're just you're always not ready until one day you are sure and we got thrust into that position and we're like oh no we're we could definitely cool. definitely do this but i've also wondered like with women there are more obvious biological clocks that they mm. have built in you know like there are for example like they have scheduled biological events that happen in obedience to their hormones like menopause is a really good sure. example but but also like the the desire to have to have a child seems to like happen in women much earlier than it does in men and it also like i wish i knew the exact studies on this but there's there's a lot of evidence to suggest that women that don't have children like they they do encounter um, like depression and regret later in life where, sure. where it's like there is something about being a female that has this this powerful calling and it might not be anything more than biology is your hormones are screaming at it's you probably to primal yeah like well, that is like without all this fluff that we've created around us yeah that's really what we're here to do it, it's the most feminine thing a sure. woman can ever do is to have a. it's the most incredible thing that 100%. your that your body does totally. right it's like, fucking magic the bringer of fucking yeah, life here exactly, dude like yeah. i just came <clears throat> once and you got all this going yeah, it's insane know, right? it's insane yeah and, man but i do wonder is there some sort of biological clock that goes off in men where all of a sudden this idea of settling down, owning the home, having a child, like why is that amount of, why is all of that stuff all of a sudden appealing? Because like we were talking about earlier with values, like you don't really get to control whether or not you're interested in that. It just appears to you and all of a sudden it has this magnetism that it didn't have when you were 22, three, Mm -hmm. four, five. And I wonder, is any part of that biological or is it just more like philosophical, like as you begin to learn and understand more about the world and you develop these concepts of what it is to be a human, what it is sure. to be a man, that eventually you're gonna run into this thing that that most men seem to run into, which is like, oh, I want, I want all that dad shit yeah. now, right? I think it's like at the most basic level, a mother wants to create 
and a and a father wants to a man yeah. wants to protect. Yes. Right. And so it's like hero archetype. Yeah. Instead of building up yourself, it just kind of like what we were talking about with being a musician and being very selfish with your time and whatnot, something happens. And I don't know if it's biological or if it's just an awareness thing and a maturity thing where you've almost checked enough boxes in your own personal journey and your goals to where you're like, okay, this broader spectrum of giving myself up to something else yeah. and, and letting them thrive and helping them thrive, whatever that is, even if it's the chickens that you have outside. Yeah. Like not many people would own 15 chickens or however many you have because it's a lot of freaking work. You sure. have to give up some of your time for that, right? Yeah. So it's like this switch that goes off to like, it makes sense to be a protector. And that's where you start to fill your cup instead yeah. of it being like, I need to put out a massive amount of drum videos and fill my cup that way and let everyone know like this cool shit that I'm doing sure. and essentially like share that gift and whatnot. It just switches to something that is very personal. Yeah. And obviously I can't explain it that well. It's just, it's something that is like the, the gift of nature, dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. It just switches. You and I actually talked, I think when we both, cause you're 32. 31. 31. Okay. I'm 32. And I think when you turned 30 and I was 31, we, we had, had a similar had this conversation, conversation where yeah. it's like all of a sudden I wake up and I don't give a fuck about any of the things that I used to really yeah. care about. Yeah. And you know it what I mean? It's on like, you for some reason. and it just makes sense. Like I don't have to fight it. Yeah. It's, it's just what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Kind of like we were talking about with drumming earlier when people are like, man, how do you practice six hours a day and you're like did I practice six hours like yeah. I was just in that wasn't there. a decision I, I was even just made. in there yeah. yeah like was it I don't even know what day it is yeah like, it's just, just what I do you know yeah and it's just a very natural thing um it's it's so crazy to think about how like these phases of our lives just make sense yeah all of a sudden it's strange isn't it we just always seek understanding and then all of a sudden one day you're like I don't understand all of it but that thing I get now yeah and I'm cool with it let's move on yeah. It's like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do we do that with all of these other things that are confusing, you know? Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's fascinating, man. I, that's why I, we were talking about this just before we were rolling. But, like, the this concept of, like, values sort of manifest themselves in the world to you. And it, if you pay attention to how much of it you control, you'll realize it's almost none. Mm -hmm. You know, what you find valuable seems to be completely out of your control. And it's it's weird to to... I actually got scared when I first began going through this with with drums, where not that I ever transitioned and hated drums, that never happened, but more so like the magnet sort of wore off in a weird way, and all yeah, of a sudden these other the things, yeah, the pole was mm -hmm. not there the, anymore. The thing that is just, it, it triggers you to practice all the time, or to create, or yeah. that thing we're talking about, where it's like, was I in there for 10 hours? Yeah. Did I just edit for 53 hours on this last video? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's <clears> not that... Like I, it definitely is a little scary to me that it's surprise. Like I look at drums like I have a relationship with them and always have. It's a very old relationship, one of the oldest ones that I still have. Right, mm -hmm. like as the the entity that is music, I've got a relationship sure. to it, and I didn't realize that that can change despite whether or not I want it to. That doesn't mm. matter. How how you how you'd like to keep this relationship doesn't matter. And I, what bothers me is that. If I make that like a like a like an entity, the drums that like could this happen with people, 
right? Does that happen with like your significant other where you're like, I don't know, for some reason, just the the magnetism that I had towards this person, this friendship, this relationship to your wife or to your girlfriend, can that just disappear? 100%. Oh, that's scary, People man. People wake up after like 25 years of marriage and look at their husband or wife and just go like, I don't love I you know, anymore, I got nothing. Dude. Like, I, got nothing. I haven't loved, I'm, I'm just finding out that I haven't loved you for years. Right? Like, how does that work? Where even yourself, you're not even aware Ugh. of it when it's happening to you and then all of a sudden something just triggers yeah. it and puts it at the forefront of your mind where you're like, this has got to fucking change. Uh, but that's so Crazy. scary. It makes you feel vulnerable in that way. Oh, in yeah. That, that, that you're a changing and a shifting value system. Man, what if they just, they just get fucking scrambled every six months? Yeah. Like, ooh, that sucks. How are you going to stick with anything, mm-hmm. you know? It's weird. It's a really, really weird thing. And that's why it's incredibly rare to find people. It's kind of a fine line of finding people that have been married for like 40 plus years. That's really, really rare to find. Yeah. But then once you go a step further and you see, are they actually happy or are they just from a generation where like you and I were talking about earlier, if you wanted to make X amount of dollars or whatever. There was only so many routes, you yeah. know, 50 years ago to do that. And yeah. Normally it was like the same route. You work for somebody else and you climb that ladder or you starve forever and try to start your own thing. And that's yeah. very rare, but you find these people that have been with each other for 40 years and they're feeling so vulnerable from breaking that pattern that they don't even know who they are as an individual. Yeah. Anymore. And that's scarier than staying in a relationship where they wake up every day and they know they have no connection with that person. Yeah. That's fucking dark. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, super guys. dark. Yeah, it's really dark. Yeah, yeah. It's you crazy. wonder how many people, especially if you go back to more traditional cultural setups and marriage setups, where like how many people like like willingly stayed in a miserable marriage because of culture, because of tradition. Most of, of them. Yeah, tons. I would of imagine because naturally, like we are not meant to be with one person. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Though it seems like we. That's a tricky statement, though, because it sure seems like we do that. We totally do that. We do that. Yeah. I wonder how much of that is stemmed from religion. A good chunk. And just the way that, like, this blueprint for a a good, just follow this somewhat, and you'll have a decent life. A good good chunk of it. A good chunk. And there was certainly periods of time where the traditional religious way to live your life was undoubtedly the best option you have mm-hmm. because we don't have understanding of any alternative way to live. Sure. This is the closest to truth that we're able to orient right mm-hmm. now is to look at it this way. That's what makes sense. And it was all fundamentally untrue. It wasn't really the point. The point was that the healthiest, happiest, most successful people on the planet happen to be religious Followed right now. Model. They do this because yeah, exactly. it's, it's the best we got right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, do my, my views on a lot of religious stuff have definitely changed over the last year or so. And a lot of it is... I'm curious what you think about this. Making the distinction between fundamental truth, like this actually happened, mm-hmm. versus something that merely contains truth. So, for example, like name a fictional Disney movie. Not true. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Not real. But we can find truth within the story. Sure. Right? Yeah. And so when you view religion through that lens, it, it, it really... It doesn't matter if it actually happened or not. If it contained truth, this story, this ancient story, and people first began to understand that concept through religion, like saying that it's not fundamentally true is not the right point to make. Sure. That doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. One of the weirdest examples 
of this idea that like that in ancient religions, which we know are like fundamentally false, we're not saying that this this stuff actually happened, but where where people could have discovered truth would be the idea of sacrifice. So, for example, we have this understanding of time right now, where if we make a sacrifice today, we're bargaining with the future. We're mm-hmm. saying, I'll give this thing up right now, or I'll endure it's some sort of, yeah, we're making a trade. But how far back in human history do you have to go until that very concept was was not present in human consciousness? Like, animals don't look at the world this way. They do no. not bargain with the future. As far as we know. As far as we yeah. know, there's very little evidence that they do, like, that. let's just let's say a cat or something. A cat is not planning for tomorrow. The concept of tomorrow or restraining something today for a better version of tomorrow. Time itself. Time itself Possibly, doesn't even exist yeah, to them. Segmenting days. So if you if you look at when along the line of human progression did we first have this concept that we can give up something in exchange for something better in the future, to barter with reality that mm-hmm. way. One of the first examples you find in all cultures that we know of is sacrifice. Yeah. And given the way they were doing it was you kill the firstborn goat so the you know it doesn't rain on Thursday. Like that kind of shit. I mean, it was wrong. That's not sure. how it works. Sure. But conceptually, you discovered something very true, mm-hmm. right? And so it's, it's sort of like, it's easy to look through the, the barbaric lens and say like, these were just fucking morons, like slaughtering animals for the weather. Sure. Like it doesn't make any sense. But if that was the first time as an observer, if that was the first time that you're like, wait a minute, Yo, you guys just stumbled on some big shit, yes. huh? Then all of a sudden, like, you, you wouldn't call that barbaric. You would call that a brilliant revolutionary discovery yeah. in the evolution of humanity, exactly. right? Yeah, you're, you're pioneers, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird because a lot of that stuff happened, I, I don't know, thinking of this, like, this moment here, a thousand years from now, <clears throat> a lot of the things that we think scientifically are finite that are like, this is the way that this is. This equation equals this number every single time Yeah, might be essentially just as bogus as Poseidon ruling the seas eventually, yes. where people will look back and be <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Like talk to any super religious person and you ask them about Greek mythology and they would be like, that's not fucking true. Are you kidding me? But everything in their belief system is totally valid, yeah. right? No matter what it is. Sure. And so it's essentially like that they're just trying to figure these things out, Yeah. right? So sacrificing, it's just experiments. Yeah. And then through statistic probability, man, it's like sometimes it's not going to rain on a Thursday if you sacrifice a baby goat. Yeah. <laughs> and so sure. that person's and so, right. Oh, shit. And so through time, they're like, well, it worked that one time. Yeah. So let's kill all these fucking goats and maybe we won't have rain for the next like three months so we can plant all of our crops and get everything ready. Yeah. Then we'll like, you know, mate a bunch of goats and then it'll fucking rain for a yeah. month straight and we'll get these crops or whatever. It's just so much... We're pretty dumb, honestly, as a <laughs> sure. species, dude. Like, like an idiot. we're yeah, yeah. re like, I mean, just ridiculously behind as far as our evolution or our spot in evolution. Mm-hmm. We are operating on really old hardware. Yes. Right. And so, even fathoming like these answers that could be right in front of our faces, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be able to see them because we don't have the correct lens or whatever it is to see the answer that we're looking for. So when we look in the past and we look at these people sacrificing goats or kind of like stumbling across this like almost truth, yeah. essentially. Tiptoeing around it. 
it's, yeah, like even if you're in the moment, you don't see that happening regardless. So, you know, projected a thousand years from now, people will still be having the same conversation. Yeah. Maybe. If we're even here, if we don't blow the goddamn world up. Yeah, you know, if we're here, Which right? will probably happen. Yeah. Because we're yeah, so yeah. stupid. So out there, <laughs> become a scientist. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I, uh, I heard a fascinating thing the other day about how, like, to think about how revolutionary it is to even think like a scientist. Like, like you, you have... Um, it's like a, a philosopher, like somebody like Aristotle, like Greek, mm-hmm. Greek reason, right? Like which sort of ushered in like the Enlightenment period, the idea that we would be able to test things sure. and have just theories, being open. And just being just open to different close, ideas. Just don't say like this is it. Yeah, just give it another try. But even even like Aristotle, like he did not ever once think to assemble a team of unbiased people to send them to all go run separate tests and compare the results sure. and then see what Have is the most true. Group. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like the, like, like yeah. how unnatural scientific thinking is, is really crazy, man. That is not how your brain works at all. Sure. You know, you have to train yourself. Yeah. You have to train yourself to do these things and to be, it's so hard to walk that line of being an actual observer of the world mm-hmm. and having an opinion. Because if you say <laughs> yeah. something where you're like, man, the world's fucked up. Like, sure, yeah. it is. But through what lens? And essentially, yeah. like, to someone else, this might be the exact direction that we need to be going. To somebody else, they're like, everything's going to shit. We're yeah. done. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, dude, I don't know. We're so far along in time that, yeah. like, and everything's so intertwined mm-hmm. that it's hard to differentiate now, right? And the lens <laughs> is incredibly important because think of it this way. Like, how many facts are there in this room? Like there's like definitive, definitive like facts. Metal. Exactly. Okay. So this is metal. This is wood. This is brown. That's black. We could start adding up facts. But if we if we take that to a molecular level, there are infinite number of facts in here. Sure. Right. There there are scratches on this table that are microscopic. But if we had the microscope and opened it up, each one of them is slightly different than the mm-hmm. other. And all of a sudden, we we have this infinite list of facts that we can come up with sure so it's like determining objective reality based on the facts around you is very hard like you, at some point you have to put a lens on right you got You'll you got to put on a pair of glasses yeah or you're gonna go fucking Dude, nuts that old like, hardware man yeah. yeah try to load logic pro onto like the first apple computer yeah it's, it's just <laughs> gonna be like sorry <laughs> yeah like we don't know what that is it's weird man yeah, yeah, it's insane. It's crazy because like with the point that you brought up with like the wall is black and that's brown and whatnot, just like what we see on the surface level is mm-hmm. very, very different than what it actually is. So black is the absorption of all colors, mm-hmm. right? So that's every color. And then we don't white, see pure black. Yeah. Exactly. Um, this, my buddy's older brother is a theoretical physicist and he Oof. told, he blew my fucking brain when I was like 11, dude. Yeah. He was like, there is a possibility, which we would never be able to do this because we're not accurate accurate enough i'm sure you could set up some sort of robot or whatnot but even the robot would have little malfunctions if you could actually press the same spot on this table there's a statistical probability that your hand would go through because you would split the atoms yeah like my finger being on this table it's actually not touching this table there is an air gap in between so like we're not ever physically touching anything right so it's like shit where do you cut it off for your sanity 
Yeah. Because it's, we live in such a complicated world that if you walked outside and you like looked at like the grass and like below and all the roots and shit, you're just like, Oh my God. Like I can't even go to the fucking store. Yeah. Like that's too much. I'm never going to leave my house. It's one of the things that psychedelics do is that it, it unsimplifies the world where all of a sudden you see everything as though it's the first time you've ever seen it. And everything is bursting with, with, significance Mm -hmm. everything is important and significant and then you realize in order to like make it through the fucking world you have to simplify all sorts of stuff like you got to shut it off even the fucking (laughs) internet and the computer like i can't think about the fact that there's microchips and that that it's determined by the electricity which runs the power company and there's a there's Mm -hmm. a grid that has to everybody's plugged in yep all of that has to be simplified into computer totally and then i press this button and the thing happened right and it's it's fascinating like like to what degree do you want to abstract that stuff and how often? Because you, you're not, you can't make it through the world. It's like being on a psychedelic trip all the time. Like you can't just stare at the molecules and the textures of things and yeah. be blown away. But also like the like that googly eyed, like amazing look that babies have. Yeah, that's how they see everything. They're like, just everyth- what the so fuck is amazing. this? Yes. Like everything's amazing. Everything is. is They're not wrong. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. I remember. <laughs> Um, one time, sorry, mom, I took acid, um, mm. a handful of times, but I, <laughs> you know, 20, 30, 40 times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was in my buddy's, uh, dad's trailer park hey. and, um, I woke up, well, woke up. We never went to sleep. <clears throat> so the yeah. next morning I'm sitting there on his back porch and I'm like looking at my hand and I could just, obviously I was still seeing like a little bit of like motion and whatnot. Yeah. And this wasn't my first time taking acid. So I, I knew what to expect. I was a little bit more seasoned. Yeah. And so I could, I'm looking at my hand and I just realized like how intricate all like the fingerprints are and the veins, like the vascularity and yeah. like, just like. It's a masterpiece. Went totally. Yeah. Went way too deep in like my calluses and like where they're from and like the track record of those things yeah. and the skin building up. And then like my mom calls me. And she's like, hey, how's it going? I'm, I just like, I don't remember the exact conversation we had, but I just remember getting off the phone with her and she immediately texted me. She was like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And I just like, it was sinking in at that very moment how crazy complicated everything is around us yeah. and how we literally have to shut all of that out to yeah. just get through the day. Yeah. Right. Practically you have to. And then this idea of building on top of this crazy life that we live in to build a career an identity. Yeah. Um, things that you're interested in pulling from all this craziness to go yeah. like, Ooh, I could spend some time on that when everything around you is pretty overwhelming. Yeah. Do you think about that. You yeah. know what I mean? Like even colors, like yeah. you could spend years on experimenting years. with colors and like the different hues of black, like that's deep, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just every single thing is so fucking deep. Dude. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. But looking at my palm, I was just like, we are, I'll never understand this. And yeah. it was literally just my palm. And you won't. I, Nobody I, like, does. In my life, yeah. I'll never understand how this shit works. It's yeah. crazy. It's, I think this is one of the reasons people have oftentimes can freak out or have panic attacks on psychedelics because the the weight of reality and how complex it is mm-hmm. hits you sometimes. And, and even just there's levels of depth to having like a psychedelic trip, but like just being exposed to that world, you realize like how vulnerable you are. Like you're a pile of fucking cells and Dude. somewhere in there you got some consciousness, but we're tossing that bitch all over the place. That's like, it. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's terrifying to realize how much you have to simplify just to be a human. You can't think about that stuff oh, yeah. at all most of the time. You have to yeah. dumb this world down to like this 2D 
like negative 400 D version of simplicity just to make it through a fucking day. You know, think about like what we were talking about earlier, bringing a child in and then explaining the world that you're confused about to this kid (laughs) and going like, it's all going to be okay when you're like an anxious, just mess. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, I don't know, dude. But like to this little guy or girl, you're like, it's fine. Yeah. We're safe. It's weird. Back to the kid thing is, is one interesting point. Um, do you remember, you remember Heather? You you met her once. There's a girl I dated before Kelly. Um, I feel like you met her once. Anyway, she was a bit. Um, she was like, oh, an, this was a psychologist. Mm, she had a psychology degree. Okay. I think. Yeah. Where you told me that you would try to talk to her and she would like deconstruct, and you're like, I'm not a patient. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> sort of. She was she was okay. like she was like an ice queen. That was her personality, like cold and sharp, kind of. You know, ice queen. Yeah, that's a good description for nice. her. Uh, I wish we had been friends. To be honest, she wasn't compatible compatible with a personality type mm, like okay. that. Um, but she had this this colder view of kids that, it, and it may have changed. She's definitely this was ten years ago. She probably ago. has seven kids. You might have seven. I don't yeah. know. Maybe she's you know Catholic or something now. It's all but good. her view was that that it was like fundamentally selfish to have kids because it's like you're with this other person and you're like, well, I love you so much and you love me so much. Let's make like a baby us for mm. a world that objectively doesn't need more humans. We got enough. Right. That is fair. Right. And so it was like this perspective. Yeah, it was selfish to have a child. Like, who are you to think that you should be ushering consciousness into the universe because you're so fucking cool. But now my view on that has definitely changed. But I look at it now as like like the if you have good intentions, if you believe that you have the capacity to be a good father, a good mother, a Mm -hmm. good parent, that it's almost like a like a duty that you have to try and pass that along somehow, somehow to, to the world, yeah. you know? You're that, like injecting a better person into the shit world. Correct. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're doing your yeah. best to do that. With a, amongst the, you know, not like saying we'll have perfect kids, but it's like if you try your hardest and you have a decent head on your shoulders, yeah. then you are going to maybe do the world a better uh, a service, essentially, yeah. to where it's like, hey, this could inspire greatness somewhere else and then you know the other side of that is if you don't have kids then the purpose of your life was what would you say like like your experience that's why you're here so you can have an experience improve yourself and to not not pass that along to another generation in the form of being a parent you don't want to selfish right that's the other argument it's Mm -hmm. actually you, you could argue it's more selfish to say, I'm just here for me, my lived experience. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be the best person I can be. And then I'm going to take that shit with me because I'm dying and not, not actually helping. A, right? Yeah. It's a different way to look at it where I never used to think of it that way. But now I do feel like a, an obligation. If I'm interested in, in self-improvement and bettering my psyche, my consciousness, my body, sure. like taking care of this thing then fuck, I really have this responsibility to pass that along to somebody. And if I keep it to myself, I'm kind of being a dick. Like I owe it to someone. The world needs more of that. Correct. Right. Yeah. Since I've been home these last two weeks, it's been really interesting because I see with no names being mentioned, I see a lot of people that I went to school with in high school and whatnot that now have like just through seeing people I haven't seen in years. And they're like, oh yeah, blah, blah, blah has like two kids now. I'm like, why? What? Like the people that should not be having children, mind you, I understand <laughs> this is very judgmental, 
and it's from afar and they could be amazing people now later in life. Sure. But it's the people that shouldn't be having the children are the ones that never have these thoughts. Mm -hmm. Never, ever even think about, should I do this? It's always a, a, mistake, a mistake or essentially often. like it, it kind of, you know, catches them by surprise or whatnot. And then they go ahead and they do it anyways, yeah. which is fine. That's their own own choice and whatnot. But it's like that is the exact opposite of what we need to be putting in this world. Sure. Right. Is sure. another, I hate to say it, like warm body, essentially. Yeah. And don't <clears throat> get me wrong. Like there's a lot of people, um, a lot of amazing individuals that come from really shitty upbringings. Um, sure. and just horrible things that have happened, which then kind of like you were saying, you, you weren't sheltered from the world. So it changes you into this introspective person that now you are the change. Like mm -hmm. my mom, super abusive father. Okay. My mom has never been abusive towards me. Mm -hmm. Right. Or my sister. And so she's broken that cycle. Correct. So it's almost like, and didn't give it to you. Exactly. Yeah. Into where I am now, like I've filtered through enough shit in my life to where now when I go and I have a child or a child, it's going to be hopefully a little bit better planned out emotionally because I'll kind of know what to expect. Of course, you know, within guidelines, but like the shitty things that have happened, yeah. we can work through it because I've had to do that myself. Yeah. Right? Well, and also your mom, none of our parents, it wasn't perfect. There were definitely some things that she probably did. 100%. Growing up where you're like, ooh, I yeah. learned from that. And and so whatever bad qualities that she may have still had from her lineage or whatever, because everybody sure. has those. Oh, yeah. You know, you have an opportunity to assess some of those things and go, well, that's going to stop with me. Mm -hmm. And some bullshit that we have going on will still pass along and our kids will be totally. able to. It, yeah. You can't stop that. Yeah. Right. And, and <clears> it's like <throat> when you say I don't want to have a kid, I don't want to participate in that. To me, it's sort of like it's a selfish way of saying I don't want to participate in the improvement of the species. I don't want to participate in like the the betterment of consciousness, the betterment of our understanding of people, right? Like, don't you want to play a role? Sure. In, in if the, you can. If you sway can. It in a way. Yeah. yeah, sure. And I don't think that's any different than if you adopted a kid or if you said, well, I do want to play that role, but I, it doesn't mean I have to be a father or a mother mm -hmm. that I want to make the world better by doing other things. Like, I, I think you can still find a valid way to do that in some other way. Look but, at you with like Rhino. Yeah. Like Pitt has like the worst stereotype. Yeah. But he's like the sweetest little bear. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He's a fucking beast. Yeah. But like he's, he's, he's sweet. Mm -hmm. And so you have essentially broken that cycle. So if you were to, if I hated pit bulls and I came over here and I sure. met Rhino, I'd be like, Hey, maybe they're not so bad. Yeah. You never know. People do that, unfortunately, with children all the time Yeah, where they bring them in and they're like, hey, you know, you try to shape them a certain way. But this is even a little bit more interesting. How much influence do you think a parent actually has over the chemical makeup of their child? Because I know yeah. cool, what I would imagine um, in my mind, cool people in my life, they have kids that are fucking nightmares, mm -hmm. absolute nightmares. And they are like good people, good parents. Like they're not yelling at their kids, no cursing. They limit screen time, all yeah. that stuff. But just like the chemical makeup of this demon child, you can't <laughs> yeah. really change. You can't change it. You know what I mean? So this steps us into this weird territory. I've, I've yet to discuss this on this podcast. Here but we go. I'm, I'm glad that you and I will, will do this together because it's overwhelming for me to do alone. But um, you familiar with Sam Harris? Yeah. So he's got one of the most longest podcast yeah the longest <laughs> podcast for sure for sure and i don't agree it's incredible it's just dense yeah yeah and i don't agree mm. with with everything that all of his conclusions necessarily sure. doesn't mean i'm capable of sitting down and debating the guy necessarily but there are things that strike me as like that's not how it feels to me mm -hmm. but one of the the most like 
rock solid arguments that he has, it is really hard to get around, is that we do not have free will. Okay. That you are you are in control of virtually nothing. And so the way he describes it is like the origin of thought you, you, is something you can't pin down. Mm-hmm. So if I so I'll steal one of his one of his analogies. Think of a movie right now. Just think of any movie that comes to mind. And so in your mind, there's this cycle of movies. Maybe mm-hmm. five or ten came through. And you might say, well, that I thought of this one because I saw it on TV the other day. And I thought of this one because me and Taylor went, and, went to the movie theater and sure. saw that one. So that you, you can determine why those thoughts might have appeared. But I bet you didn't think of The Wizard of Oz. That wasn't one of them that came up. It didn't. But you know that movie. Mm-hmm. But... In that moment, you did not have access to it. Mm-hmm. So you don't even have access to the whole filing cabinet here. For sure. At any given time, yeah. it's, it's unreachable to mm-hmm. you. And if I were to ask, what level of control did you have over which movies popped into your mind? The, the truthful answer is none. Mm-hmm. You controlled none of those thoughts as they appeared to you. Sure. And when you think about it that way, don't all thoughts work that way? It's yes. like they float up from nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't belong to you. And there's a level of like manipulation that we like to think we have over our thoughts. But his argument is that when you try to pin down, well, where exactly did I begin controlling this thought? Even the thoughts that you have about the thoughts that appeared, they appeared the same way. They all just kind of float from somewhere. They're being handed to you. You're not like pulling the coals out of it. Correct. You know what I mean? Yeah. So his conclusion is that you are an observer. 100%. 100%. You're, you're a consciousness that observes thoughts as they occur to you. From the self. From, yeah. Whatever from, that is. Yeah. Whatever you label that as a person. Correct. Yeah. But it's weird because it, it, if we're all merely observers of our own consciousness without free will to control it, then you're asking, like, could we, could we change a kid you know, based on their environment, like, like the answer there would be not really. No, not that's really. That's who they are at their core. Yeah, that's who they are. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing. Like, even as you asked me what movie, um, if I were to choose a movie, whatever, there was about maybe like five, mo- I don't know why I thought of Braveheart first, right? And this <laughs> okay. is just me being like speaking out loud and vulnerable, so I have no idea how this is going to pan out. Sure. Um, but it's just always really interesting to me, like the micro timings basically that it's just so quick where your personality your inward personality plus being an observer of the self like I do this all the time when I'm playing drums when I'm practicing something new or have an idea I'm stand I'm not playing I'm watching myself I'm standing like the teacher would over my shoulder yeah right? and I'm like looking at myself so as you asked me these movie ideas a bunch of movies came to mind but then my personality came in and what would be cooler to talk about. And it yeah. was, yes. it all happened in a millisecond, like yeah. millisecond. And I'm just like, what is the, like, what can I talk about a lot? What do I know really well? What's fresh in my mind? Mm-hmm. And so it was like this list came up, but then like in a millisecond, this golden movie idea came yeah. up that I was like, oh, I'll talk about this. Yeah. And so it's like where in that is free choice and free will. Essentially Correct. where it's like, okay, this list of choices popped up. Yeah. I didn't choose any of those. Yeah. It was just like this other thing where my personality came in, the moment where we are in time, what yep. we're talking about. And you had, understanding we're on camera, like all these weird things that happen. Right? I was going to say you had all these parameters. Like yeah. I know we're on camera and I know we it should shaped, be interesting. It and shaped I know, so fast. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. And you, but you didn't even choose the parameters. 
No. Right? Like, like so, and that's the it's thing. It's just when, this is the way it is. Yes. Yeah, and you, you try to pin down mm-hmm. at what point did you control any of that. Sure. And it's like you never can. Anytime you ex- do one of these thought experiments with like what did my brain do mm-hmm. and you try to say, well, here's where – I made the decision. <laughs> good one. Good one. Yeah, like, exactly. You, you really can't pin it down ever. I was going to say, so whatever the movie is that you choose, is there at any point, this is the question, do you think there's any point in that process where you actually do make a definitive choice? Because to stop analyzing is a choice, right? Yes. But do we have control over that? Because I've experienced analysis paralysis for mm-hmm hours, days, sometimes weeks over certain ideas that I'm sure. working on or writing or whatever it is. And in these moments, it's like, sometimes it feels super definitive and comforting to be definitive and stop that stream of consciousness and yeah. go like, this is the idea. I feel good about that. Where do we draw the line of like, I chose that, or I'm just so done with thinking about this thing yeah. that I just want to get it over with. I don't even care as much as I did when we yeah. originally started thinking about this thing. Well, the a choice originates from a thought. Mm-hmm. You had the thought, and the thought was, let me make a choice. Now, where did that thought originate? That's you, the thing. It's like, well... The outside, maybe, the outside world. Because you, I wasn't even thinking about movies or choosing one. And then you, yeah. you put that into my brain where now I need to... There is this definitive parameter. Yeah. That's like immediately set up, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's... It's a frustrating one because I think everybody has that universal reaction to be defensive when you say that you don't have agency to make any Mm. choice. You're an observer of life floating through and you don't really make decisions. Mm -hmm. Everybody hates that at first. I love that. (laughs) It takes a lot of pressure. Yeah, that's what Sam Harris's argument. Life's easier. I life isn't happening to you. It's happening for you, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Where it's like. It's going to happen whether you we lock ourselves in the studio or not. Like tomorrow will come. We yeah. won't see the sun come up because there's no windows. It's still the same day to us. <laughs> yeah. But life fucking rolls on. You know what I mean? So it's this really interesting. I don't even know like where you just get like fed up with it. Yeah. Right. You're just kind of fed up with with thinking about something um, and just I don't know. Like to me, it's easier. It's way easier just to be like, yeah. dude, this isn't happening directly to me. This is just the world that we live in. Yeah. And this is just me opening my eyes and being aware enough to go like, these things are happening. Yeah. That's it. Not for this or to this person or to me. This is That's kind of where it gets into, at least for me personally, a little bit selfish. Okay. Where it's like... We're so insignificant in this world that we're, we would love to think that like we're obviously we're not, you know, revolving around or the earth isn't um, the center of the universe sure, kind of thing. Sure. Right. We've proven that whatever. Um, the earth is not flat. <laughs> um, it's basically like that. It just seems so bogus to me that any, we're so insignificant and small that nothing is happening to us. We are the bacteria here, essentially, sure. and it's just the world that's happening around us. Sure, and you observe it, and you go, "Yeah, that's happening," or you you take that personally. Correct, kind of right. That's yeah. the kind of line that I'm trying to like differentiate here. Is like you either make it personal or you don't. Sure, yeah. and you're, you're you're on a ride. That's uh, people don't like to to accept it that way, but in yeah, experience life happens for you. Reality's mm-hmm. here for you in a way, but that's one of the things that makes consciousness so goddamn special is that the fact that you're conscious is what makes all of that true. Sure. Right. That you participate in reality in Mm -hmm. a certain way. And the thing is we've yet to discover consciousness off of this planet. So some of those like, like selfish 
inherent viewpoints that mm-hmm. it feels like everything should be revolving sure. around us in a weird way. What is reality in the absence of consciousness? Right? Like it, like what matters now? Sure. Right. Because it, it, strong argument, nothing. Well, who mm-hmm. fucking care? If there's no one to experience reality, then yeah. the validity of reality seems to disappear with it. Like, sure. well, who fucking, there's no one to care. Yeah. So who cares is like, well, the answer is no one. And so none of this, truly none of this actually sure. matters. But the unique element of consciousness itself makes you feel like that, that that selfish view that it is all about us or mm-hmm. it's all about consciousness isn't that what makes it matter at all sure the fact that we're even here to experience it because in the again in the absence of consciousness like well now it definitely doesn't yeah. fucking matter right do you think it's consciousness or do you think it is the skill of a memory bank because if we're not going to remember anything like reality to me this is just something fun to talk about okay reality to me lives in your memory bank because if you don't remember, if you had the ability to not remember anything, mm-hmm. then there would be no personal attacks. There would be nothing to compare it to yeah. as opposed to a good situation, a bad situation, right? You'd be like that baby or on the acid trip where everything is just new all it's the time. It's just awesome. Yeah. And then you're just soaking it in, constantly soaking <clears throat> yeah. it in. So you would literally live this like, man, this is an incredible place all the time. But, you know, as a human being, you have those lulls, Right. I forget what I was watching the other day. It was this really interesting thing where why humans are so tortured is because we, as we know it, we are one of the only species that can project different outcomes without it actually happening. Mm -hmm. So we can go like, all right, well, we're in the studio. I could see myself going over there and ripping the Mac off the desk and throwing it against the wall. Like that could be reality or like sitting down and playing a beat or whatever, you You know what I mean? Imagine potential. And you could go like, that's not cool. I'm not going to do that. And then you X that out. Right. Or, okay, I'll sit down and play a beat, whatever it is. That is like where we get lost in reality and like opinion essentially where you create something that essentially hasn't happened. That's where anxiety lives, sure. right? the fear of the unknown, unknown and yeah. of something that actually hasn't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. It's just so crazy. So it like coincides with almost like seeing the future. Yes. But also having this memory bank of the past. Correct. And you're like constantly swaying between like, yeah. where could this go? And where have I been? Yes. And then you differentiate like, oh, I know this is comfortable to me. This is uncomfortable to me, right? I fall with it. This is what I do as a person. Sure. This is who I am all based off of memory. Yeah. Just like that moment in the morning we were talking about where you wake up and every problem from the day before, you have to re-download that. You, every Correct. human being ever gets up and is like, oh, wow, I'm awake. And then you realize I'm in my room and are my lights on? Oh, shit, I left the AC on all night. You okay, cool. And then you're like, wait, I feel like I'm super fat and I'm really slow and I wish yeah. I was taller and I wish I had this girl or this, whatever it is. Yeah. Like you download all these things immediately. And the memories. And you carry that fucking weight with you all day. <clears throat> yeah. Like yeah. for the rest of your life. And none of it's real. It's all self inflicted. I mean, it's real. Sure. But it's like you remind yourself of that. Yeah. You have the opportunity. You see these things that like TJ Maxx all the time, little like make every day a new day, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like with sure. my mom's houses. Live, laugh, love. It's right? like now, no opportunity wasted. Like that kind of thing. You <laughs> know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. So it's just this really interesting balancing act, I yes. think, of where we can kind of see, we can go through the statistics and the probability of us like going these certain directions, but also basing it off of where we have been. Yeah. And that's like where reality lives and self-worth comes from. Like all these weird things that you like tell yourself every day. Yeah. Well, two, two interesting things with the memory. Like, I mean, 
consciousness is definitely like memory plays a big role, but animals do remember things too, right? Like, so it's not exclusive to us. Sure. It's the future thing is definitely more of like a human consciousness. Oh, deal. We're the only pre- like the only species that we know that can barter do with that, right? barter with the future in a yeah. way, right? But see things without it happening. Sure. Yeah, imagine potential yes. and then know that we can alter reality to bring that into actuality. Sure. We're fucking weird. But a fascinating way to think about this time thing that forward and back and present are the mm-hmm. only three lenses that we have to look sure. through, really. But one is that depression and anxiety, two like highly neurotic emotional states, like mm-hmm. just very negative emotional states. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is always pertaining to the future. And depression is always pertaining to the past. Absolutely. Isn't that fucking fascinating? That yeah. the two worst states you can find yourself in are either because you're scared of what has already happened or mm-hmm. you're scared of what's going to it's happen. It's never now. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Now weird. it's probably fine. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're in, a, you're in a panic state, right? It's so strange. Isn't I, it weird? Yeah, I know when I'm my, like, I'm the most anxious is because I am so detached from the present. Yes. You know what I mean? You're not, I'm you're either like, looking back or forward. hundred percent. Normally it's forward yeah. because it's like, obviously the fear of the unknown as human beings, that's like one of the biggest things for all of us is like, that's, um, that fear of, I don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Which is everything. Totally. Yeah. Right. It's a wonder why we're not anxious perpetually all the time. It's pretty incredible that we find moments to not be that sure. way. You yeah, know, if you're scared of the unknown. Well, like, good luck, bro. You just cruising through the unknown forever. That's, That's it. That's yeah. literally what we do <laughs> every day is the unknown. What's crazy is that we eliminate choices off of something that hasn't even uh, happened or even is real. Essentially, when we're projecting into the future, mm-hmm. like this podcast, for example, you could have easily been like, "Oh man," but. I've been a drummer for, you know, over a decade and that's what I built my career off of my, my persona. Everything is built around drumming and education. Mm. You could have squashed this idea before it even happened. Yeah. But if you let it happen, you really don't know where the fuck it's going to go, Yeah. which is so crazy. So like even us projecting ourselves in the future, no matter how many um, pathways that is, yeah. all of them are valid. Yes. Right. All of them are valid. All of them could be valid. They could be positive things. It doesn't have to be this negative thing. But I wonder where, speaking of like free will and choice, how do we eliminate things that we're imagine we are constructing in our brains? Right. That it's there's nothing to go off of, except this weird feeling of like that doesn't seem right. Oh, okay. I see See what I I mean. I see what you're getting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're creating this false reality to put yourself in this position in the future to go like, should I go that way? Nah, I don't like that. You're you're imagining potential. You're saying, how do we decide if you chase that or not? And then some things feel right. And that's where like inspiration and creativity come in. And you're like, Mm -hmm. no, this is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. This just feels good. Yeah. So crazy. Uh, It's a heavy one, dude. Yeah, it's, it's... that's a whole other podcast. It, it, no, it totally <laughs> is. It totally is. Because you're talking about, you know, it's weird. The, the very concept of potential is just so fascinating. Like, I love thinking about, like, kids with potential. Because, like, you are nothing but potential. That you could sure. be anything. You could be anything. You literally could. But the downside is you are currently nothing. Right? If yeah. you're full of potential, it means then then you're you're nothing. Is yeah. what you are. Yeah, right? you haven't used any of it yeah, yet. You're even, full of it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's fascinating. Also, I like thinking about potential, whether it's like the quality that a person can possess or it's like the more abstract view of reality, like what could reality be, like just assessing the future, right? It's weird that potential is something you actively lose with time. It's very very directly related to your lifespan. 
because when you're young, you're full of potential purely because you're young. Your age. But it decreases as you get closer to the day that you die. Like an 80-year-old's potential is almost gone. Sure. So it's relative like to how long you live when you say potential, you know? It's weird. It's, it's mm. sort of like it's draining from us every, really, every day. Yeah, that's We're losing it. Because that's not, to me, that's not true. That's a, that's okay. a self-inflicted, not maybe self, that's a world, an outside world-inflicted thing. That's someone else saying, like, you're 80. You, obviously, you can't be doing a lot of physical, there's limitations yeah. there, right? Well, but, okay, so when we say... That, that you're looking at what potential is. You're looking into the future. Yes. So it is tied to time. Yeah, how much you have left. How much you have essentially. L- exactly. And how much you can accomplish within that given amount of time. Correct. Yeah. So it, it doesn't it disappear with age. That's what I'm saying. Like sure. it, it sounds mean, certainly, to no, see an 80-year-old right. has yeah. less potential. And that is mean. You don't say that to an 80-year-old. That, like, Grandma, you run, yeah. <laughs> you're running low. <laughs> you got much left, Gene. Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's weird because it makes you value your time alive in, in a in somewhat of a different way for me, because to think I'm, you know, we're, we're losing vitality. That's for sure. Every day. Um, we're losing, you know, testosterone, you know, mm-hmm. the, the bunch of things that we're actively losing. Sure. Um, but man, to think potential is draining from you. Oh, that stings. That, what could be is, is limited yeah, now. That gives you, gives me anxiety. Yeah. Where it's just like, <laughs> it's future. Oh my God. Related to future. Yeah. You feel like you're under this pressure um, to create yourself your life your pathway whatever that is but like i don't know man a lot of these emotions i have always told myself that it's not yes it's real because i'm feeling it Mm -hmm. but where that comes from is not real essentially because you can change it things that are scary today might not be very scary they might become your favorite thing once you do it and you're Mm -hmm. like oh shit this is yeah cool Yeah, yeah you know what i mean so it's like trying to look at it once again just being an observer instead of it's like oh this is you know happening to me oh just my luck with my luck i'll fucking do this and this (laughs) it's just like okay yeah like it's i don't know it 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 makes it less personal it makes it a little bit more scientific to just go like all right well none of this fear this anxiety and all of these things aren't actually real yes my time on this earth is totally limited and it decreases every day yeah but that idea of i mean thinking of people that hit their stride in their 60s Mm -hmm. right so it's like did they have all this potential from you know being born up until 60 65 and now all of a sudden they have like this unlimited potential from 65 till death did they find some sort of inspiration yeah like it's a late bloomer for potential yeah some people don't believe these things especially like within themselves Mm -hmm. until I don't know, later in life. Some people, they get the confidence earlier in life. Um, There are some people that become doctors in their 60s and they're like these pivotal characters in time that write some like really incredible um, books or they have like this amazing research that opens up a lot of things for younger generations, older generations, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to think about that and it's our perception right? Yeah. Other than we, our time is limited because we age. Sure. We only have a certain amount of time. We don't live forever. Sure. Right. Well, it's also tricky because when to say somebody has reached their full potential, like you never really have the authority to say that because that person oh, who, not. who hit their stride in their sixties 
well, clearly they left some potential on the table because sure. they could have done that 20 years earlier, right? <laughs> Lazy fuck. But, yeah. uh, but also, if you had a kid that, that made the most of every opportunity, who are you to say that they actually made the most of every opportunity? Because they could probably tell you, when I was 15, I definitely cut a couple classes and maybe I did this and this and if I only had known this, and sure. right? So like... Most people say that. Yeah. If I would have only known what I know now. Of course. Everybody. Almost everybody yeah. ends up saying that. So like... Yeah, to maximize or to live up to your full potential is impossible. But the point is that that's where you set your aim. And in the last episode of this podcast, I did this this somewhat of like a breakdown of like this to me is the metaphor of Christianity with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because he was born a man, right? Normal dude. He was like the first David Blaine. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. But you know Uh, what I'm saying? He was like the story. Born a man, normal dude. And... He was lived with all of the temptations that you and I do, but he sure. never fucked up. He lived to his full potential, mm-hmm. which is to live a perfect life. Mm-hmm. He was the ideal. And only by accepting this guy into your heart spiritually, that's the only way you would have access to this greater good up in the sky, to sure. God, mm-hmm. right? But that story, if we remove the fundamentalist part that this dude was like murdered on a cross and he was the son of all God. The horrible the, things. Yeah. The idea is that if you want to have access to the greatest good that there is in the universe, the best thing you could ever imagine, your best shot at doing that is to attempt to live up to your full potential. Sure. To aim yourself at whatever the ideal version of you is. And mm-hmm. are you going to do that? Fuck no. You won't even know if you got close or not because who's to say what your full potential sure. is. But Christ represents the aim. You should aim to be, be this way. To be this way. Because yeah. to be Christ-like is to basically make all the right decisions all the time mm-hmm. and to always maximize your potential, to be the best that you can be. And that is your ticket to accessing the highest good that there is, which would be God, which mm-hmm. is why your ticket to get into heaven, according to Christians, is to accept Christ into your heart. But you could reframe that and say, hey, man, your ticket to the highest good that there is on this planet, the best shot you have is to maximize your potential and aim at the ideal version of you. Sure. That's how you get whatever the fuck is out there. That's yeah. it. And so to me, that's like a, it's another example of like ancient religions encountering true things sure. where it's like, man, that might not have been the worst way to look at it in 600 AD. Mm-hmm. That probably was, you figured out more that than most people have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gave and you some answers. It might've given you an objectively better life. Oh, for than, sure. Than you would have had otherwise. Just the concept of there's something good out there that I'm not worthy of. Sure. And man, let me try my best to like orient myself to aim towards that fucking thing. That that is the concept of Christ and God. Sure. You know? And yeah, it's a lot of validity in that, man. That's interesting. Like, just from listening to you say that stuff, do you think that potential is measured off of someone's perception of you? Because like as a person, you could be like, dude, I'm super content. Like I, this is my potential, right? Yeah. Because there are artists that die well, just to bring it into like art, essentially. There are like, look at Picasso. Mm-hmm. He was, I'm pretty sure I might have my facts mixed up, but he was like dirt poor until he died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as he died, not as soon as he died, but years later, that's when people like realized his genius and all of these things. So like these late bloomers for potential, let's say that. If you're hitting your stride in your 60s, do you think that's because you're so progressive that the world isn't ready for you until that point in time? Yeah. Because most of these people, like, 
any band or any like philosopher or anyone they've been speaking about these things for years and years and years and years yeah and especially with musicians it's normally about like a 10-year stint mm-hmm. where you're just like kicked right you're like doing the shitty bars you have no fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, gigs yeah. You're, underappreciated you're, and underpaid then, once you're in there for like a decade you find this band right and you're like this band's amazing how i've never heard about them and you realize like oh shit these guys already have like 12 fucking albums that they've written yeah like how have i not heard about them until now well it's because now the world whatever it is is receptive to their potential sure right sure i think it's it's an issue of authority that that the person who has the most authority to say if they reach their potential or not is the person themselves, mm. right? Like you have, if I asked you, have you reached your maximum potential? Like your answer is more valid than mine. I sure. think just inherently it is. You're like, yeah, you're capped out. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> you capped out, bro. <laughs> you might I go so, almost further, bro. I took a look, bro. I think you there. Yeah, so, this uh, is the top, so <laughs> just ride it out. But in <laughs> reality, it's, it's uh, to swap out the word potential for or rather maximizing your potential, to swap that out for something like, have you lived a perfect life? Have you achieved enlightenment? Have you made it? I really think it's a lot like, like the thing, like, could you live like Jesus? Like the answer, the honest answer is no, no. You're ne- and you don't get to know. I think you have more authority to make a claim over your own fulfillment of potential than anyone else might. Sure. But I also think that you don't know either. It's really an unknowable kind of thing. I feel like that answer would always be no. If you were going to ask someone that it was should always be no. and you're like, dude, are you, this is it? Yeah. You're like, fuck, I hope not. I hope like, not. I mean, like, yeah. I want to, I, this can't be it. Right. Cause yeah. there's a lot of life left. It's weird. Like the, the, <clears throat> the purpose seems to be the journey, right? Which is a metaphor. Absolutely. That it's, You've it's, heard that forever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not about the end. It's the journey. It's the trip there. Right. Which is so true because how many times have you got the thing you're shooting for? And, and then, then you that recalibrate. <laughs> then that just becomes part of the journey. It's no longer like we're at the end. It's just a it's a rung in the ladder, essentially, yeah. where you're like, okay, cool. Now we're here. Yeah. This isn't as big as I imagined it would be. Let's keep pushing. Right. Yeah. It's it's weird how that self perception kind of I don't know drives you to push. Yeah. Or go like good enough. Well, I I love how Sam Harris talks about this, where you know. There's a whole Buddhist philosophy that life is suffering, which we all pretty much agree on. I mean, you're all going to die. Sure. So suffering's on the way if you're not in it now. But it, a, a reinterpretation of that is that it's like unhappiness is kind of perpetual. So I'll steal a couple of the Sam Harris analogies. Like if you had the taste of ice cream in your mouth, that's good. You like that. You get dopamine. It feels, you know, reward systems kick on. It's great. But if you stayed in that state and you couldn't untaste the ice cream, Mm -hmm. how long until you're begging for anything else, right? Or another one is get real comfortable in this chair. I mean, like perfectly comfortable. It's just, I'm good. Everything's feeling great. Now stay still. How many hours until you're begging? I'm some, already until you're begging. I'm off. I'm like horrible, my fucking dude. back hurts. <laughs> <It's> wrecked. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but like even even these like blissful <clears throat> states are innately temporary. Sure. Physical or experiential. Like you will beg to get into a different state eventually. Um, and you know you hear this examples of like Olympians who get on the 
on the stage with their first gold medal and like how many weeks until it's like it has to be on to the next thing it's like the pursuit of a goal is mandatory sure and and it's you'll encounter happiness along the way but it's not truly a destination because if it is it's just a pit stop That's like we it. can't really camp in happyville it's there's nowhere totally. to set up fucking camp as soon as you set up camp it's like oh this place sucks let's totally. get out of here yeah, bro i'm bored i'm tasting ice cream yeah, on my blows. back hurts let's fucking go dude like we gotta you know yeah. it's always over there it's always over there and it's it's so strange that that is that's like built into the structure of reality your perpetual sure. unhappiness and the progression towards a goal is completely inescapable sure it's weird man do you think that's um i'm sure it is but do you think that's essentially primal to where like at our you know base level dna we learn to become nomadic and mm-hmm. then we eventually want to expand and grow and hunt over there and then we go over there and we see how cool that is and we look back and it's the grass is greener on the other side kind of thing right and so once you reach that milestone once you've essentially planted all your crops and you have your houses built and all that stuff that feels good for a while but there is a time limit on that stuff to where you reach this end goal and you live in it like long enough essentially to where now you're basically starting over Right Mm -hmm. now that becomes the starting line, essentially, depending on how you're looking at this, because I know as just speaking personally, like my end goal has never been the end goal once I get there Mm -hmm. and I can't see the next rung in the ladder until I reach that next goal, basically, or that that current goal. Right. And so it's like, is it a human condition where it's always we're pushing it away because that's how we're built. That's what we just decide to do. And that's how we fill our time without all like this stuff to kind of interact with and entertain us. Whether we were, none of this was here and we were just chilling with your chickens and your goats. We'd probably be like, maybe we'll add another little compartment on that chicken. Like we're just like, okay, like how do we do things with our hands? It's like, you know what I mean? It's that well, weird. Yeah. Well, the, the primal touch is an interesting one because my first thought is like survival. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point when all of your needs are met, if it was just survival, your your evolution would stop. It would be like, sure. we're good. We can survive here. All needs are sure. fulfilled and satisfied. But we have these these reward systems that seem to be goal-oriented. Like mm-hmm. dopamine specifically is tied into aiming and progressing towards a goal it's Mm -hmm. not the goal itself it's not about you getting it it's the aim and the drive towards it that's dopaminergic stuff yeah so it's like our biology is yes heavily geared towards survival but it's also geared towards thriving yes right like our like like biologically our our all of our systems physiological like all of them want us to improve enhance to better to, to thrive in some sort of way so it's 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 weird man i don't know where that comes from, or if you can pin that exclusively down to biology and evolution. Something about that feels a touch mystical to me. Absolutely. Because where, like, evolution doesn't know where we're going. It just happens. Right. Right? But, like... And it happens based off of the choices that we make, because then we evolve into whatever that next step is, because... As a species, you make these choices over and over and over again, and yeah. you develop that hard shell as an animal, or you lose your hard shell yeah. or whatever it is because you don't need it anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's interesting, like thinking of just being a nomad and, you know, essentially getting your crop set up and your houses and all that stuff. When you're physically done, do you mm-hmm. think it becomes a mental elevation? Even if you're, it doesn't become like a physical, we're moving over here, we're building more, we're doing this. I feel like it might go intro or it might go inverted essentially mm-hmm. um, where you start to try to build your mental makeup 
So it's not about innovating and um, setting up like once your primal needs are taken care of yeah. and you're comfortable. Food security. Even in all like that, yeah. these Brazilian um, colony, not colonies. Tribes. Um, tribes. Thank you. Yeah. Ignorant. Um, it's a Brazilian tribe essentially that is like so cut off from society and all these things. They have everything that they need, but spiritually they're very elevated. We don't understand their religions sure. and whatnot, but like as far as what they do to push to the next level becomes inward and mental. Right. So it's like this weird evolution of when the physical stops, where do you go when these questions are too much or you're not built off like with what we're building today, people might just keep building physically and we just dumb ourselves down because it's too much. Well, this is a fascinating thing I've heard about with like ancient Egyptians, like Mayas and Incas. And, you know, they were clearly advanced in some very different sort of ways, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's a lot of theories that they must have known how to do some sort of calculus just to do crop circles. Sure. Because they're not visible until you're like... Well, aliens. Well, aliens, (laughs) clearly, bro. You know, or that... Signs. Well, that like technology and Uh, let's just call it like existential wisdom, right? Like there are these two separate categories and they may have been technologically not super advanced compared to us now. But what other areas of consciousness may they have been very 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 deep within things that we don't understand at all like you're saying you know once your needs are met could it turn inward mm-hmm. and you would begin to build certain i don't know philosophical mental innovations yeah, yeah mental innovations you're, you're unlocking doors and you're building on these ideas that you've never really taken correct. the time to sit down and really get after correct and i wonder if we ran this human experiment multiple times over you know tech was always going to end up here i think sure um that sort of we can already see where it's going. You can imagine AI and simulation, and like it's easy to look forward and see what that's going to be. But that aside, when we think philosophical existential wisdom, you know, like could that have gone another direction? Where we think about human consciousness, we perceive it to be something very different than we do now. And sure. is it possible that other cultures have a perspective of consciousness that is closer to truth than what we even have now? And I'll give you one weird example. There was a guy podcast I listened to a while ago and he went to this very remote tribe in the Amazon somewhere mm-hmm. and he showed him a picture of New York City and said hey man do you, do you ever think about going to a place like this and he said people jump off those buildings right and he's like, yeah he said, no I don't want to go to that place oh, like that, that was his perception okay. of New York City like the place where people, people jump kill off themselves people there, kill right? themselves they hate right? that place that's all yeah. I need to know about that place to tell you I never want to go there wow. anything else is is irrelevant to me sure. people take their lives there why would i fucking go to that place mm-hmm. you know and it's sort of like wow that's a really fascinating abstracted view of consciousness itself like why would i take my being to this place where people sure. don't want to be they yeah. don't they don't they literally don't want to exist yeah. here and and that's so foreign to us in this place where we are that like you mentioning a fucking cell phone is like what are you t- why but are y'all want to die yeah. like what are you <laughs> yeah. talking about bro <laughs> I fucking go out you know I don't die. and you wonder if, if people have stumbled across these existential views of reality at different points in history where we just aren't there, you know, or totally, we or we lost it. Cultures and civilizations, like on a sociological level, we lost perspectives because this culture died and they understood something that we're still struggling to to figure out now. You totally, know? man. It becomes probably, a, I mean, speaking from experience, it becomes annoying to think about these things. 
right? Very. Into, <laughs> yeah, dude. It's like I hate this. Podcast. I could literally, yeah, this podcast sucks. Um, I could literally go the rest of my life without having the religion conversation again. Mm-hmm. I don't fucking care. Sure, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. We, I'd rather talk about. I'd rather talk to that corner over yeah. there. Like I will have a more intuitive conversation with that corner than mm-hmm. I would talking about religion because it's just like this go around thing. So after give that, you know, a hundred, two hundred, three hundred years, people are like, yeah, we don't talk about religion anymore. Sure. Why? Right. Because it causes, there's a lot of like moral things that come from that. A lot of positive, like, yeah. of, like the makeup, essentially the blueprint for living a good life. But then all of the other horrible things that that's done, yeah. um, essentially just like New York city and people jumping off buildings. You're talking, if you showed somebody that has like no religious makeup at all, you yeah. showed them like what religion has done on the negative side. Sure. Be like, why would we ever entertain that? Yeah. That's confusing. Yeah. And it's, well, it's a waste of time. I think one of the reasons, like this happens in politics a lot too, but that idea of unlimited facts, mm-hmm. right? That you go down to the molecular level, there's more facts than you could ever handle. Oh, yeah. This is where like, if you're arguing about something like religion or you're arguing about politics or these very controversial double-edged swords, there's two sides to it all Everything. the time. If you're yeah. talking about America, like worst country in the world or greatest country in the world. Sure. But like there's an unlimited number of facts that support both sides of the argument at all times. Sure. And depending on which filter we have on, we I could pitch an argument to you that religion is like the most important thing that ever happened to humanity. Yeah. Or I can hop on the other side and be like, you see this barbaric, this fucking horrible, mm-hmm. destructive thing? And both are simultaneously true. Totally. It's... uh. Yeah, it becomes overwhelming where you do get to a point where you're just like, God damn, we just not talk about <laughs> talk totally, about dude. That anymore. It's kind of like, <laughs> you know, religion in the old days essentially was just a way to come up with an answer to mm-hmm. put something to rest, essentially, right? Sure, sure, to solve um, the problem, right? Exactly, right? Like Poseidon rules the seas. Like, no, that's actually the moon. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's how that shit works. Yeah. It's gravity pulling on the earth, and it's just interesting that uh, as we get further along in time, things become a little less valid. When before people were killing and mur- just murdering people sure. over these ideas. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, maybe that's not, we weren't right. Mm-hmm. My bad. You know what so, I mean? So here's the, let's go, let's go big picture philosophy with this one. So religion was like the way we, everybody looked at the world for a very, very long before time. science. Correct. It was the closest thing we had. But then we found real science. You have the Enlightenment period. Mm -hmm. And progressively, for thousands of years, well, at least hundreds if you're counting modern science, religion has to concede ground to science. Always. It Mm -hmm. just, it fucking loses until until Christianity has retreated into this like metaphorical thing now where I think what's going to happen. It's faith. Well, it's it's the blanket yeah, of faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's We're just not like, saying do it really you believe happened, it or not, bro? bro? Like, we have no fucking proof for <laughs> yeah. you. But you, are you in or no? Correct. Yeah. And I, I think I think that that Christianity is going to retreat to the point where even even Christ on the cross is a metaphor. I already believe it, but I think that's sure. where mainstream Christianity is going, where mm-hmm. all Christians will be metaphorical Christians, right? Mm-hmm. But if you run that experiment through to the point where it's all science. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, it ultimately tramples religion. I think what it's trampling on is all perceptions that there is something divine about humanity, mm. because if it comes down to chemical soup and that's it, there is no mysticism. Mm-hmm. There is nothing divine about us. We have quantified consciousness mm-hmm. like it's all science, everything. So science tramples religion. It's gone. There are some gaps that I don't know how we fill. Like, 
for example, like the concept of natural law, that you have a nature to you mm-hmm. that we don't fully understand. If we quantify sure. it, then we can alter it mm-hmm. in some way. And at what point do we infringe upon humanity itself? Sure. Where what we are, what makes us what we are, well, we figured that out and it's ones and zeros yeah, now. We're done and with that. that. Correct. Yeah. So it's like, it feels like an abandonment. We don't think of, about that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like an, an abandonment of humanity. Sure. And just, just for the sake that well, we understand what it is now. Yeah. So we were able to fuck with it we, in a certain way. We check that box. Correct. Yeah, and we just manipulate it now. Correct. And to me, this is the this is the the biggest brained picture of the two ways to look at the world, whether it's Republican or Democrat, whether it is um, religious or non-religious or scientific. Sure. That that you can put it in these two categories. There's a constrained version of the world, mm-hmm. meaning there are limits to what we can or what we should do that science will run into these walls into these questions of consciousness and we're not supposed to even go past it like there's this mystical element that we're never going to figure out we just can't or you or you think we can't yet yeah or you think the world is unconstrained meaning we can quantify consciousness it's just a matter of time and Mm -hmm. when we do we make humanity ours. It's not natural. It didn't. It, it might have come with the world, but sure. we own it now. Mm-hmm. We own it. Yeah. And if you don't own it, you're, that's synonymous with saying like it's like a belief in God. Absolutely. You believe there's something beyond our understanding of physics, of quantum physics. Mm-hmm. That that no matter how far we take this bitch, we're never understanding everything that there is to know about this universe. Sure. And then if you were to break that down into like, well, how do we develop cultures and societies? If you think you're operating in obedience to something that was already here that you don't understand, that would make you, on paper, more conservative. Sure. Because there's certain things you can't fuck with. We can't make this the utopia right. because that we're dealing with nature here yeah. and we have to obey it's to too some many degree. Too many people, too. Yeah, too many people, yeah. Too many different walks of life, man. But if you think that we are not obligated to behave in accordance with any of this natural shit that we found here, that we can own, manipulate, and control it through science, ultimately, then you would believe in an unconstrained version of the world, that there is nothing all-powerful that we have to obey. We eventually will be able to manipulate. We we eclipse all of it. We eclipse all of it. And at what point in there do we lose humanity? How do you define humanity? Sure. Right? And so this is why conservatives are religious or they believe in God and a higher power Mm -hmm. and natural law and people who are scientifically minded and progressive tend to they believe that a utopia is achievable which is why you can for example deconstruct the concept of gender because they don't believe that the earth dictated to us what that is they believe that it's all fundamentally socially constructed so we can change all of it anyway at any time correct yeah and so this is the progressive versus a conservative the god-fearing person versus the atheist that's the biggest picture there's a lot of gray area in both of those things that's fucking messy it is very messy messy. but you see how you can chase those back to like these people believe in a god or a higher Mm -hmm. power and these people simply do not yeah and it's the science versus religion conservative democrat you know what's weird is that even within both of those ways of life essentially if you want to look at it like that both are correct and incorrect correct yeah i'm with you data doesn't support disprove or prove either side you know what i mean so we will forever be chasing this definitive end of understanding everything. Yeah. And I mean, you know, give us, 
I don't even know, dude, 10,000, 20,000 more years. Like we'll probably sift through a lot of shit. A lot, a um, whole lot. But it's just, it's crazy because we just keep finding more and more yeah. and more as our tech improves. We realize like, oh shit, there's a lot of small stuff out there that we cannot fucking see. Correct. It's yeah. weird because, well, let me ask you this. Do you think like religion is, there's no new to a religious story. It's all past. It's what happened right? Science okay. is very forward thinking. So it's breaking ground. It's uh -huh. discovering, exploring, it's um, experimenting essentially, essentially mm -hmm. where religion is like, you take it as it is or you leave it, right? There's no like new, you would think that with all the science and progression that we're making, they'd be like, Hey, we're Jesus was like a real, we already know he's a real dude, but like there's okay. a lot of shit that science can help religion with. I agree with that. But there's that. like this definitive line, like we don't fuck with you. Correct. And you don't come over here and mess with our stuff because we, the public image would not, that just doesn't yeah. work, right? We don't mess with each other. Two completely different tribes. Yeah. And it's like, if we reach the end, would we even know it? Well, right? I, I do think that, yeah, I think they support each other more than they'd like to admit. I think they, sure. they make enemies of each other and they, they should not. Yeah. I think the problem is a lot of, a lot of believers tend to not want to retreat into that metaphorical territory where, where they begin the argument it's by confusing. saying... It's confusing. Yes. It's it, confu it, de it like deconstructs every single choice of their yes. life, right? Well, there, okay, there is... Let me give you a weird example here. So I do believe that, we, that the past can be altered, but, but let me explain how. It's not a time travel sort of thing. <laughs> I was like, so like, okay, so let's just say, sorry, I'm going to throw Taylor under the bus for a second. Let's just say that you get home and you find out that she had cheated on you mm -hmm. while you were on this trip, mm -hmm. right? All of a sudden, that lens that we've been talking about, how you perceive the world and how it actually changes reality, the lens that you had of her, which is that she loved you, she was loyal to you, that you had a future together, that all of those things, that's all shattered. And now you realize that you believed or you lived a lie over the last several years. Sure. That it wasn't actually this. Mm -hmm. I thought it was, but I was wrong. Yeah. So the past has been altered by the information in the present, mm -hmm. right? And I think this is kind of what science does to religion in a weird way. It alters what we thought we knew. We used to think it was fundamentally this way, but now yeah. it's actually that. It doesn't mean what that something- was set in stone. Correct. Is now being rewritten. Correct. And it, it doesn't invalidate that, that a, an objective thing happened, but how you perceive it does change the world around you. Your perception does sure. change your entire experience. And so your perception can be shattered in a moment and you have to reassess what it was that actually happened because you sure. see it differently now. And I think this is what science does to religion. It doesn't disprove it in the sense that it invalidates all of it you know, period. Sure. I don't look at it that way at all. I think it's more of a, of a clarity. You begin to see what we were actually doing. Sure. Right. And I think a great example would be like, um, like the Jesus God thing. You know, it's not that we're, yes, we might have proven that that did not happen. For example, mm -hmm. I don't know. Whatever. Some, I'm sure a dude named Jesus was killed on a cross, but I don't know. Sure. But Jesus was like a really common name. Yeah, it was a common name too. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people were crucified as well. Sure. You know, there were. Yeah. Any depiction of that scene, there's multiple crosses. Sure. With other people. Well, there was always the three, right? The, yes, yeah, people exactly. on either side of him. But it's more so that we're just, 
understanding the truth that was that story in a very new way where sure. it's not that you and Taylor were never together. No, you totally were. And mm-hmm. that, that did happen. But now you see it a little different, huh? Like, and I think this is what science does to religion. It inflicts sure. a, a uncomfortable perspective on what we were actually doing. It yes. doesn't invalidate the story Absolutely either. Not. It still happened. Yeah. But because it can't prove or disprove what it, what it happened. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's where they collide. Because it's like, okay, if this is if you're gonna go hard science, then with your data and everything that you have or that we have today, how can we not disprove a lot of these things? There's really I mean, unless you're going and looking for it, there's not a ton of like on mainstream media scientists and religious figures battling it back and forth, which not you mainstream. Would think would yeah. be like the main thing it's that the we most would all interesting be talking thing, about, yeah. right? Like, how are we all here? What's our creation story? Yeah. Like you would think all they would teach in school is like, like aeronautical space science and like aerospace sure. stuff and sure. just building and innovating and all these things. Yeah. But all we do is just talk about the past and, and essentially kind yeah. of like push them along. Right. And so it's this weird battle that isn't really on the forefront it's the super important thing yeah. it's not even a battle i guess it's in the background of culture people. totally man yeah. and this is it's kind of like a one or the other thing very very few people there are i actually used to work for a guy one of the smartest dudes i knew and then he told me that he was there's nothing wrong with this but he was like super hardcore christian went from like bona fide atheist Okay. Hated the religious world, um, was raised as a, as a Catholic, yeah. went out of it. Um, pretty common story, right? Sure. Where you kind of like discover who you are or whatever. Married his wife. And then now he like, it's the most interesting conversation because he has like these, he has the atheist knowledge. All of the things you would say to a Christian to Powerful go like, debater. no, yeah. like this is what happened. Like that's bogus because this, this, and this. Yeah. But then he has like this weird... I don't even know. It's like this data entry thing of like things that combat his own thoughts yeah. with like religion and whatnot. So you would think like very few people, do you know any scientific people that are like heavily religious? Oh, they exist. That's totally. This sure. guy was one of them. For sure. But it's it's very, very rare to have both of those things combined yes. and then still choose one. Well, right? so, but I, I don't think that it has to be a choice necessarily because this was something that I, I grossly misunderstood about the concept of faith. I've revisited this in the last year that faith does not supplement science. Where sure. you say, well, I don't need the science because I got faith that it's, this yeah. happened. It's more so when science hits a dead end, which it does, it cannot you answer. You gotta believe. Especially when you get into morality in itself. Like, sorry, science tells you what is, not what ought to be. Totally. Right? Yeah. And so when you hit those dead ends, which science is full of them, that is when religious ideology fills in the gaps. Because sure. there are, in fact, things that science can't even touch. Totally. Right? And so it's more like science takes you as far as it can go, and you're aware of that. But then all of the remaining questions is where somebody would exercise faith. Totally. And that's how they coexist. It's not like like one and zero necessarily. If science is one, well, we expand that all the way. And then we still got this giant fucking gap of understanding. Mm-hmm. And religion sort of enters on, on the back end. So to me, like the, the only people whose religious ideology like I really respect are those who also take into account all of the science that they possibly can at the same time, sure. right? Like to be religious and not scientific, to me, that is, that's a, 
a great definition of ignorance. You know, it's placing faith where you don't even have to. Like, we have answers to some of this shit if yeah. you want them. You don't need to be faithful for the entire entirety of your belief system. Yeah. But I, I do understand why faith has its role at the end of scientific understanding. Because that's where it's just all dark. You don't yeah. understand. No one can tie the knot for you Correct. to make it nice and neat like humans like it so we can continue our face value existence. Essentially. Yeah. That sounds really dark, but it's like face value, meaning what's literally in front of your face. Yeah. Because if we were to constantly think about the creation story, why we're here, big bang theory versus the creation story for Christianity or Catholicism or whatever it is, there's so many different thoughts and ways to think about these things that yeah. we would once again go mad. Yeah. And I don't know, it's this balance of going to sleep at night, just being understanding that we don't know. Is all it is because like yeah. thinking of um, if you are a scientific Catholic or whatever, sure. Just for example, like to reach this point where you're like, okay, this is where science stops, and there's like no understanding, like no definitive understanding. Uh -huh. I need to supplement that gap with something that makes me feel better. That's where it becomes dangerous. Sure. For me, where okay. it you okay. see what I mean? Like you're kind of like it becomes a definitive because deep down we want to have things in order. And we Correct. want to have things like, no, I somewhat understand that gap. Well, but the even the science itself is well, fucking hard to understand. Yeah, yeah. You know well, what I mean? Com comfort with the question mark is definitely a thing you wrestle with, right? Like, sure. what do you do about the fact that you're smart enough to ask questions that you're not smart enough to answer? Yep. That was Albert Camus' absurdism, yep. was that life is fucking absurd in that way. Um and I do, I do think I, I, what you're saying is people insert religion there because they're so deeply uncomfortable with not knowing. Sure. But I think even if you consciously rejected that, you will end up operating in the same way. You'll totally. just unconsciously well, believe something outcome. else. Because it doesn't, just because you believe it doesn't mean it actually changes something. Yeah. Depending on your motives, right? So if you start taking action in pushing a certain agenda or whatever, mm -hmm. then inevitably something would manifest from that, whether it's religious or scientific. Yeah. But it's like, it's just this, I feel like it's a deep human condition to just put something to rest because existence yes. is hard. Yeah. It like takes a lot of bandwidth to get up every day to even like do normal things like drive to the store and go grocery shopping. That yep. is so incredibly stimulating to your brain on like sure. a neurological level. All the colors, the lights, even just being in the studio, all these lights pointing at you. Like after a while, your brain's like too much. Please yeah. stop. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You become burnt out on that. If you're constantly thinking about these massive ideas, we'd never leave the fucking house. Like we really <laughs> Dude, wouldn't. welcome to my whole fucking life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it, man. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, yeah, you could literally think about these things forever. And I'm I'm always curious, like. Will science, even if we have the answer, uh -huh. will there all, I'm sure just because there's too many people in the world, but there will always be someone to say like, that's not right. Yeah. Right. Well, okay. So let me, let me ask you another roundabout way to kind of approach this. Like, so in the, the concept of belief, like what do you believe about the world? You can state a belief, but would you agree that how you act is probably a better representation of what you really believe? You might consciously say, I look at it this way, and this is what I believe about the world. But if you act a different way, it seems like that's what you would really believe, right? Sure. Like how you act determines what you truly believe, whether or not that's even conscious to you, right? That's dependent on, I feel like, your, your self-confidence. 
because sometimes you would project something that you don't actually believe based mm-hmm. off of the fear of what others are going to, how they're going to accept that That's and true. how you're going to mirror yourself or whatever it is, yeah. and your, the individuals that are around you. It's so skewed. Well, so let me, maybe a, a concrete example would help. Like you have a, a young kid and he's, um, he's acting out, a 12-year-old boy, and he's getting in trouble and he's doing stuff. And you say, what do you believe about yourself? And he says, I'm fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, well, you say that and that might be what the story that's in your head. That's mm-hmm. the monologue in your head all sure. day, every day. I'm the shit. I'm awesome. Yeah. But underneath that, like as adults, we know what's there. Yeah. Right? You hate yourself. I'm huh? the worst. Yeah. You're the fucking worst. And you <laughs> yeah. know that. And you act. You <laughs> and act you know that. that. <laughs> and you act because that's how you act. That's how you act. For sure. Right? You act like you suck because you believe yeah. that somewhere. Yeah. And bringing that into your consciousness can take years to, mm-hmm. to understand that. But, but I think... When we're talking about this, like, where does religion enter and what does it actually do do for people? I think if you tried your hardest to live according to science, let's just say, and eliminate all religious thinking, all faith-based ideology from your consciousness, that you will, to some degree, still act as though parts of that are true, right? Like, you will, you will act as though you adopt some religion you might adjust sure. you might adjust the rules a little you have bit some sort of like chem, not chemical makeup but some sort of structure that you're trying to correct kind of you'll yes. adopt a tradition of your framework own framework of some kind correct yes. and yeah. so it's almost like you can't escape the religious structure you might sure. swap all the names and all the metaphors and all the iconography the and dates. all the story the dates and the stories you'll swap all that out but you will swap it out for Another very close version to religion, right? Because sure. like this is how all humans close that gap. Like, yes, yeah, science dictates a ton of what we know and understand and how we live. But like when you're closing that gap at the end, people say, I don't want to be religious. Like you just made up your own is what you ended That's up it. doing, yeah. right? You, everyone has to have some sort of comfort yeah. at the end of the day. Whatever vision they have to make them feel that way, whether yeah. it's through religion or the many different types of religions yeah. and just like feeling... I don't know, a sense of completion, right? Sure. It's that, the, like we were talking about earlier, the fear of the unknown. And like, yeah. that's tough to live in that every single day. You of can't, just like, you'll just die there. I don't know. Yeah. Like that's, you can't do that. You have to have some sort of like, okay, this is it. Yeah. Like I'm on the right track. Even if it lasts for a day, Yeah. that'll give you like another, you know, week of feeling sane and then you go back into it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be such a torturous life to constantly which i mean we all live essentially tortured lives because we're sure depends depends on how open you are and how much you want to tap into these things yeah. too. you know what i mean it's it's tough dude to ride that line of asking these questions but not being able to answer them it's yeah. very very tough even the smartest people in the world some of like the the most like prominent physicists of our time are religious yeah which is crazy because yeah. these people, um, I, you're a fan of Always Sunny, right? So there's the episode where they're trying to disprove evolution, right? And oh, so, I love that. Yes, Mac. and so His this point. stupid science bitch, yeah. right? And so he's talking <laughs> about like, bitch. yeah, <laughs> he's, he's talking about like 
talking to Dennis about, oh, so you've poured through the data. You've read all the pages yeah. because Dennis is like, yeah, all but you're books. basing off of your, your whole existence off of some stories that some guy wrote that you've never even read every yeah. single page. And then Mac's like, okay, well, you're doing the same through science. Like, yeah. I personally will admit, I've never really looked at all of the data, nor will, would I be able to understand all the deep math and the t years, decades of testing and Enter all these faith. things, right? And so even <laughs> in science, you have faith. Correct. And so it's this weird gray area that both sides have kind of interrelated. And no matter which side you're on, you're going to fall into that gray area of, of this is faith in data or this is faith in the stories and, and the feeling essentially Correct. that I get, right? You, you live your life according to things that you are not capable of verifying and you never will. That's it. You won't even, you're not even trying to verify it. That's it. I, Unless and, you're a, are you a physicist? We're like, yeah, <laughs> we're sitting here having this definitive conversation like we're fucking, <laughs> like, like we, we know, know anything. We're fucking idiots. You're like we morons. really are. Yeah. We are absolute morons. Yeah. And we just, it's just fun to talk about and it's fun to challenge, yeah. right? Because it just, even if you have this conversation, it opens up doors. Yeah. It really does. Even though I hate having like, not that I say, not that I'm saying I hate this conversation, um, which I do. Um, <laughs> I'm miserable. <but laughs> this blows. I can't wait to leave. Um, but it seriously unlocks a lot of like, huh, I haven't really thought about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Essentially, yeah, yeah. Even if it's just someone, I don't know, if you combat someone on their their chemical makeup, their morality, like essentially the way they design their lives, mm -hmm. they're really quick to push you away. Right. Sure. And it's just kind of weird how these conversations turn certain people like us on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, let's yeah, challenge yeah. my way of thinking or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the other side of it, even though we both involve faith, one shuts down. There are scientists that shuts down and shut down as well. I'm not sure. saying most religious people shut down. Sure. Well, no. Um, it lot, sounds horrible. Most of them, most of them do. <laughs> sure. of them do. It's, it sucks. Yeah. Because with that type of thinking, I think it's just, it's easier to just go like, okay, cool. They got it figured out. Like it's let's certainly, focus on like raising a family and getting yeah. a good job and these it's things. It's certainly easier to think that everything has already been answered. God damn, life would be so easy if I, that, oh my God. If the Bible is fundamentally true, start to finish, like you done, bro, read this Dude, bitch and you're good. How easy is that? Imagine. Well, you can, because you, I've never been religious ever. Yeah. Like, ever, oh, I ever, that ever. way for, yeah, I, for a yeah. decade. And you, I've, I wish I woke up and felt like my life was in somebody else's hands. Like that would be fucking awesome because nice, I'd be right? like, you got me, dude. Like, I don't know what I'm doing yeah. today. Like just yeah, yeah, unfold yeah. it for me. But man, the pressure, like, believe me, if I had a choice, I would be religious. Yeah. In the, Seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah, Even yeah, though yeah. my personality, everything like questions and challenges, all that stuff and has since I've been a kid. I would just, I would trade it all yeah. just to believe. Yeah. <laughs> I would, dude. dude. I would. I hear you. Yeah. So it's, all right. I want to go back to one thing that you said. Yeah, go ahead. So you were talking about the, the inability to verify mm. sort of things. And I think that the, the, the always sunny example is perfect. Like, bitch, you can't verify anything on yeah. either side. You're not, you're not, you're bitch. not checking the books on either totally. side. So Nobody. you're pouring through the data. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, go the fuck files, yourself. The books. <laughs> <laughs> the numbers. The data. None of it. None of it. <laughs> but this was something I actually learned from just observing the flat earth community who, for the record, I don't think the earth is fucking flat and I just don't. But I found it interesting that at least tens of thousands of people could be convinced of that. Like, what the fuck is going on? Is mm -hmm. there some sketchy data that, like, totally. is kind of Where weird? Where is this Where thing? is this coming totally, from? Totally, yeah. And what I found in just, 
you know, a few nights of going down that wormhole, trying to understand what these, why these people came to this conclusion. They're now certain that the earth is flat, not just skeptical. They're certain, right? Oh, this is a way of life. It, well, yeah, yeah, it is a this way is of life. This is how right? we live our lives now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, what I realized is that they are operating on this idea that we can verify nothing. And that is true. Because if I told you right now that there's 220 trillion gallons of water in the ocean, mm-hmm. like, I don't... You don't fucking know if that's true. You have sure. no idea. You don't that's even... That's an educated guess. Yeah. Based well, off of, like, volume. Well, and based off of tools that you've never seen, even mm-hmm. if we had the tool that measures Oh, you're thing. talking about how we get the data? How we got we, the we data. We don't know how correct that is? Correct. Yes. If I put you in in the control room for the rocket that goes to outer space, you probably can't name five buttons in what they do. Like, this is so unbelievably dramatically out of your scope of understanding that the amount of faith required to say that we have any concept of how many gallons of water in the ocean, that's astounding, the amount of faith that you have to have in that, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we begin stacking these beliefs, I I lose myself in a lot of conversations about outer space because... We're, we list the fucking magnetosphere. Like, all right, dope. What is that? Well, it's based on the particles and it's the sun and the solar flare. And then the, you know, like, all right, well, what is that? Like, oh, well, they, they, we don't know. I'm like, well, I don't know. I don't know any of this shit. I've yeah. never seen the tool that totally. measures one of these factors. Yes. And we're compounding these beliefs on top of each other. And so when we talk about like proving that the earth is round, well, within 10 seconds into that debate, you're going to name three or four facts about the world that I cannot verify. Totally. And all of a sudden I'm stepping into this territory of faith very quickly. You're like, shit, I am on a side that I don't fully believe in. Correct. Because I don't definitively know. I can't possibly do it. And yeah. and the reason this is frustrating to me is because the career path that, that we both chose being professional drummers, rhythm isn't like that. Because no matter how complex the piece of music, whatever the question is that someone has about a dynamic, a pattern, a texture, a rhythm, a note spacing, a subdivision, any of that, I am able, because of math, to go into the details as far as possible. I can abstract, abstract, go all the way in and go, here's exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. I know that this is this way yeah. because of all this stuff. I, I, be I, many I, other things. I have to have zero faith in my understanding of rhythm. None is required because it's mathematical ultimately yep. until you get into hum, human touch and things like that. But you know, when we get into these more complex fields that involve all of these wild sciences, I, I understand where the flat earthers are coming from in that like, you got to have some faith to think that the earth is round, at the very least trusting upon the scientific data from a body of people that you don't know, that sure. you've never met. And even if they were right in front of you and explained it to you, you're too dumb to understand what That's they're it, talking dude. about, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, I get it. I get where, I get the skepticism. Yeah. I we get are that. surrounded by answers that we don't understand. Correct. Like every fucking day, like yeah. the answers are there, right? And you're absolutely right. There are, no matter what the debate is both sides, there's a point where you don't know, no matter what it is, right? And so it's this, to push any sort of agenda or belief or anything, this is where I've been since I was a kid, where I'm like, listen, I'm not one or the other. I'm not saying there is no God, there is no this, there's science is the way, or science is not the way, whatever. I'm a part of the party that we just don't know, dude. We don't understand. And at least right now, definitively, I can say that because I'm the one experiencing this and I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea for you. Right. And so it's this weird argument. It's this pointless argument. It's really fun to talk about. 
it's really fun to, yeah. to think about these things and it's important, but it's like, man, our understanding only goes so far yeah. and we hit it pretty quick yeah. because of how accessible information is now. And you yeah. can literally YouTube the whole flat earth concept and, and be caught up to speed in sure. 15 minutes. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's the overwhelming amount of information ironically that makes everything so confusing yeah absolutely right it's it's absolutely. we have all of the data but fucking good luck pouring through it and understanding that good stuff, luck right it's it's so crazy man i think one one area where i do think it is appropriate to have faith for example like we're talking about like tech and science that we don't understand which is basically all of it because we're dummies but like I know this microphone works i'd be lying if i said i knew exactly how it works sure. i know a lot about it but like you know, I, I can use it and I can trust it. Same with your phone. I don't know mm. how the fuck this thing works, but I'm, I'm on Instagram. We live our so lives. Yeah, yeah exactly. We, yeah, my life depends yes. on it in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's sort of like faith makes sense because you can touch it. You know, it, it, faith is justified in this technology because I can live it and I can touch it in a certain way. And you can expand that to like certain philosophical beliefs. Like you might not have any evidence that your life is worth anything, but when you act like it is worth something, you know how that makes you feel. For sure. So you can you can like exercise faith in certain areas and say, well, how does it feel if I test it out? Like, oh, it actually works pretty well, sure. right? Yeah. And so that's one of the like existential pieces of evidence for acting according to faith in some ways. If you try it on and you're like, well, how does it feel to just pretend that that's real for a second? Let me go live it and see what that's like if I believe I'm worth something. If sure. I act like there was a God, for example. Sure. And you go, oh, wait a minute, this actually has an impact on life. That's the closest you'll get to like evidence for that sort of thing. It's like, how do you totally. know science works? It's because I hold my fucking phone and it and works. And it turns on. Yeah. yeah. I send you a message and you send me one back. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, yeah. But you, you talk to, to, a, to a nihilist, people that say there's no value. It's in just anything. about in, in yeah. anything, mm -hmm. right? Well, go try that on and walk around the world and come back. How'd that work? That oh, feels it. pretty cool. <laughs> Seriously. Well, indulgence, <laughs> indulgence feels cool. Yeah. Indulgence for sure. I but think it's like temporary alleviating though. the pressure of what matters and what doesn't matter. Just letting that go for a little bit uh -huh. is really, to me, is cool. Honestly, it's the way that like you can drown in trying to figure out the weight of something in your life, essentially how much something affects you, um, how much of your life you let that thing consume your mental makeup. Right. And so especially with like nihilism, you're, you're essentially able to turn a lot of that shit off and it's very freeing. Not that I'm a nihilist, but I'm yeah. just saying like as an observer of the world we live in, I would imagine just as freeing and comforting as being like super religious is that has to be almost the exact same on the opposite side of the spectrum where you've let go of everything and you're just like i don't give a fuck i see what you're saying yeah, yeah. In, in a more aggressive tone don't get me wrong like <laughs> nihilism sure. is like fuck like yeah. we're going in right none well, of this they, matters i but think the one distinction between those two would be that nihilism is void of meaning like it's admittedly totally. void of meaning yeah where religion claims that we know the meaning. We've yes, identified we're at it and the nailed center it down. Yeah. When with nihilism, there is no center. It's I, all pointless. Is it like what you're saying that the 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 commonality between a nihilist and a Christian would be that they they solved something. They claimed an answer. They they're at peace. Yes. Okay. I think is what it is. Like where it's like I have on the religious side, I have enough to let me sleep at night and think about other things. And then on the nihilist path, it's like 
None of it matters. So I can enjoy and be open to a lot of things, gotcha. right? And so at, at both sides of the extreme spectrum there, yeah. there's levels of peace and comfort where it's like, this is cool. Yeah. I'm okay with this. I think the problem you would run into is what that produces when you run the experiment over someone's life the whole time. Sure. Right? Like, do you produce happiness, contentment, satisfaction, do, you know, like which one produces which? Like, I think unfortunately the answer is that nihilism doesn't really produce that stuff. It produces totally. like indulgent experience necessarily. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like it fosters, like crazy. fosters some resentment, bitterness towards the world, that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's religious. at the root of all that. You yeah, know I mean? yeah, yeah. Which can, oh, yeah. you know, at least on an individual level is poisonous, man. Like I wouldn't want, if you told me that you were religious or if you were a nihilist, I would be more happy if you said you were religious. I'm like, well, he's wrong, but at least he's like probably, <laughs> probably happy. But if you were like, I'm a nihilist, nothing means anything. I'm like, bro, I'm a little concerned, there, dude. Yeah, that that's you're gonna a manifest some, some fearful. Yeah, yeah, you become like concerned with that person for sure. Because we know that like, well, we don't know shit. Um, that's the whole point of this. <laughs> the name of this episode. But yeah, we don't know shit with Devin Sumner. Um, it's, I don't know, man. It's like this weird level of when you cut it off. Meaning like with religion, um, I was raised Catholic or uh, Catholic. I was raised Baptist, right? And so. They go hard. They go super hard, dude. I wouldn't know because I was in the parking lot playing basketball the whole goddamn time <laughs> while mom and dad brought their Bibles yeah. every week. Never practiced it outside of church. It was just Sunday really Christians. interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there was something that happened. I don't, and I'm not saying there's a definitive moment, but like something sways you another way, right? Sure. And no matter what it is, like it's that old saying of he who says he can do something and can't do something is right. Correct. Right. Yeah. So if you're saying like you're trash, then you're going to be trash. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be a successful person and you're, you're basically doing um, the, what is that? Um, not manifestation, but the uh, affirmations. When you're like, I'm strong, I am good yeah, looking, I'm rich, yeah. money attra is attracted to me, like that kind of stuff, yeah. right? You will eventually make something like that happen, whatever these affirmations you are telling yeah. yourself daily. And so it's like on both sides of the spectrum, you're right. Correct. Which is weird because it's whatever you think it is. Yeah. Like the world is too vast. We are like back to the beginning of this podcast. We're not that fucking important. <laughs> like we're not. It's just, well, to me, of course, we don't know. But yeah. it's like it just doesn't seem like we're that significant where this entire existence would be wrapped around us. Right. As a, like the religious story and Jesus dying for us and relinquishing all of our sins. And like, yeah. it's very like the world is for you where it's like in, in to well, me, at least walking outside, it's not the case. So let me let me say that a different way, like that it would be ignorant or selfish to believe the world is for you. But seems silly. Is the world for consciousness, human consciousness? Because in the absence of human consciousness and human experience, what is there? That's kind of, that goes back to the memory bank. If we had no memory, it would just be what's in front of you at that very moment, right? Yeah. And so like consciousness itself lives in a memory. It's it's what you've experienced, and that's like you're. It's that constant state of reflection. Well, right? Does it live in a memory? Certainly a big function of our consciousness sure. for sure like i said you can't operate a day if you don't remember totally. what, a, what a car is you can't drive yeah. it right yeah, like, yeah, yeah but when you take psychedelics for example or when you dream 
Mm. and your memories are in fact wiped. We're tossing mm-hmm. your consciousness. We're throwing it out. We're throwing that bitch somewhere mm-hmm. else. We don't know where you're going. If you're going anywhere, if you believe in realms or any type sure. of, you know, dimensional travel, like whatever theories people have about it. It sure seems like we can wipe away your memory, but the experience remains. Sure. Like memory is definitely Well, memory is a super important fixture of being conscious as we think about it now. Mm -hmm. It's the only way we build things again, get through a day. But I do think you could wipe that away. And there's something about consciousness that still remains there. I, I just know what it's like to forget my name on mushrooms. And to still be not here, not here, here, Mm -hmm. but my consciousness doesn't, it's not black. I'm still experiencing something, you know, and whatever that is, your, your consciousness, your, your ability to experience the world. If that goes away and it doesn't exist anywhere, nothing is conscious. What, what exactly is left over in the absence of the ability to experience it? Right? Like, is there... This is what this is why I push back on the idea that that it's all about us or that it's sure. it's selfish to think that that we're of any significance at all on this planet. There, I, my argument would be that there is something supremely unique about consciousness in that it validates reality. In Absolutely. the absence of it, well, there might not be anything else here. Like what matters in the absence of consciousness? So, in a in a selfish way it's a selfish way to say this but it might be all about us it might be all about yeah, consciousness sure. not to say that we're the only conscious beings mm-hmm. in the universe there might yes. very well be other consciousnesses out there mm-hmm. that we don't know about but in the absence of our consciousness i fail to see what matters at all sure right so it's sort of like well we are our consciousness is the fixture that makes it worth anything sure right that's what gives it its value because yeah. if you weren't conscious about your situation, your love language, your financial situation, where you mm-hmm. live, who you are, like your chemical makeup, all that stuff, there wouldn't be much left as far as we know, right? Because we don't yeah. know life without consciousness, so we would not be able to know what it's like. There's no experience to be had. I would imagine it would be very drony, right? As far as like just... You're just a fucking android. You can't imagine, but you can't like, imagine either. There's no one to no one like to that, imagine. Try to think of that. It gets like real squirrely in here yeah. really quick, yeah. right? Well, you <clears> can't <throat> have any thoughts about it because there are no thoughts to be had to, about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Absence. And that's what I'm saying. Like, is it who's in the driver's seat at that point? And so that's, that's the crazy. thing. It, no, yeah. So if you remove consciousness from this whole equation and and you deem this whole thing invalid and not worth having, there's no experience to be had. So who cares? It's just nothing means anything clearly now. Sure. Then. Isn't some part of human consciousness, isn't it actually all about us? At that standpoint, I would imagine so. It's a level of abstraction. You don't always have to take it there necessarily. But like, I don't know. I think there's there's an argument to be had that it is all about consciousness. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, that's a very good point. And it just... It sounds selfish. It's a weird thing to say. I I hear you though. No, that's a very good point. And I haven't really thought about that. Um... I think when you start to attach meaning to why we're here and why this place was created for us and for us, for us, for us thought, that's where it gets kind of like misconstrued a little bit. Consciousness itself, 
is probably the foundation of, you know, of reality essentially, because you need to be able to perceive the reality in front of you. This is like yes. what you're experiencing, right? If you have no memory bank or no filter to have some sort of thought, which is consciousness mm -hmm. after you experience something, you're going into a blank slate. Yeah. Right. It's just constantly just like this blank palette every day. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, we probably do know we wouldn't be where we are without that. Because there would be no innovation. Without there would be no drive. Yeah, we would have no, we would be repeating tons of the same mistakes over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we have no idea, but. You can't build anything. Totally. Yeah. Because you would never be able to improve because yeah. you would have no recollection of doing it wrong. It's memento shit. Yeah. yeah. That's weird, man. Yeah, that gets really gray really fast. Yeah. If you start thinking about consciousness and how that plays into our chemical makeup, yeah. what the, the way we shape our lives, yeah. what we think of as like who you are as a person, who you yeah. want to become the room left to grow into that person that you'd like to become. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 All that shit gets thrown out. I feel like what we run into here every time is, is it's not like stated clearly enough sometimes, but like the, how confusing consciousness is, is like completely indescribable. Like oh it is God. such a goddamn mystery that there, like science isn't even kind of sort of a little bit close to understanding what that is. Yeah. We're not even kind of sort of at the That's edge. That's the one maybe thing that makes the, us different from all these other species as far as we know. Yeah. Because like all the animals could totally be communicating with each other. They could. On no different, fucking clue. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we've definitely discovered what well, like dolphins have their own languages, frequency and languages things like and that. things. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like the... I don't know, man, because you see it in like certain primates and whatnot of um, developing tools, yeah, learning, remembering not to go someplace, remembering, oh, this is where a year later sure. when it rains and it's the summer we can season, watch we go them evolve here. How we it's, did. it's crazy. Yeah. So there is some level of activity going on up there, right? Yes. But it's like. And we of, share things with them, like neurological function and totally. like a lot of other animals. DNA makeup? Correct. But what, whatever that differentiating factor is that we call consciousness, what makes a human being, you know, the ability to question our mortality, the ability to barter with the future. Like you get into these philosophical things that set us apart. Sure. We don't know what that is or why we do that necessarily because we can we can look at the brain activity of other animals and say well they have a lot of the same shit inside of them sure. yet we don't deem them to be conscious or sentient in the way that we are yeah and explaining what consciousness is why we have it it's it's deeply like troubling to me that science can't touch that yet yeah. like we we aren't even on the on the edge of kind of sort of having a loose explanation like all the philosophers all the scientists all the engineer, all the neuroscientists, put them all in a room, and the collective answer is we have no fucking idea what consciousness is at mm -hmm. all. And to me, that is more evidence of the divinity, the mystical. The sure. there's some shit you're not even close to out yeah. here, you know. Um, which which lends you into a little bit more religious thinking, but it doesn't mean you have to adopt an ideology necessarily. It's more so conceding that there is a fuck ton more here than we're even kind of able to understand. So the oh, whole like, sure, man. The, the, this is where you trickle in that religious gap to fill that like, correct. man, this is fucked up to think about. So let's just fill that with Poseidon rules. The sure. Or sure. whatever. You know what but, I mean? But I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's, it is possible to say that's the best answer we have. Doesn't mean it's fundamentally true. Sure. But like science can't fill 
those gaps. Especially, yeah. you know, not where we are in, in our current uh, research. That's for damn yeah. sure. As yeah, far yeah, as yeah. we know. Right? And it won't be in our lifetime. So it's like, well, how do you want to live? From here till the time you die, right? Like, because science ain't filling that gap. Not not yeah. the moral gap. Not the, um, if you really wanted to understand what it is to be conscious in a human. Science isn't going to answer that in our lifetime, unfortunately. Yeah. It informs it quite a bit. That's why after a while, you just say, fuck it. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Seriously, like, you... You will literally, like we've said multiple times, you will go insane trying to find these answers, literally insane, where you will miss out on so many things in life trying to figure out the whys, right? And I respect the people that are like diligently working at this very second trying to figure out what human consciousness is, you know what I mean? Or whatever the, the next endeavor is. Yeah. But man, for me, it just becomes like, a t- not even a time suck because these things are very valid and it's good to research these sure, things. Sure, sure. But I realize, like, in a weird way, seeking for that answer takes away from that end result that we were talking sure, about, sure. getting the answer, takes away that whole journey in between. Yeah, you can right? waste the journey chasing something on chase, you chasing a dragon. Totally. It's just, yeah. It's, yeah, it's this weird thing. Um, I don't know, man. We'll we'll maybe find the answer in our lifetime, yeah. but who the fuck knows? I feel like our lives are very, very well. They are retrospectively very short. Very. Um, and, and like the you were like entire, we're like a third of the way into this bitch. Yes. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, no. Shit. Uh, if we even live till we're fucking ninety, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, probably not ninety, dude. And too many drugs to live to ninety. Crazy. Like my dad died at thirty nine. Wow. That's seven years from now, and I think about that shit. Wow. Where I'm like, fuck. Who cares who's right? I have seven years to live. That's not real, I hope. But like, but it's a if potential. it were to happen, yeah. it can happen that fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know how much time you have left. So it's this weird balancing of like, fuck, I want to know these answers. I really want to like really dive into religion and understand that and go through all sure. these things. Or but any it's version like, of philosophy, just, yeah, understanding the world. Anything like that. Yeah, just putting religion on it as like a blanket term. But it's like... You miss out on so much mm-hmm. trying to find these answers out, right? And so it's like your time is limited. That potential we were talking about is limited. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly thinking about these things, this is a personal thing for me because sure, sure. there are cer- certain people that thrive off of this shit. It's their version of drumming. I'm one right? of them. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I know what you're saying. Yeah. Totally. So like for me, I have to put it to rest to mm-hmm. actually live my life. <laughs> like okay. it's, it's bad because I'm, I'm, I'm an analytical person and I would just constantly... I know you are as well and you're constantly trying to figure out that puzzle now i wish i could lay it to rest permanently but Mm -hmm. i can't you gotta reopen it every once in a while take a look like this right now like where it's like all right this conversation but like okay let's pull it all out you know what (laughs) i mean sure sure i buried this for so long because it's like you just realize the the deeper you go the more you don't know yes you know nothing you know what i mean and certain personalities like yourself you you can take that Right or thrive, you're just—that's what I'm saying. You're just like, oh shit, okay, cool. Like these are this is more stuff I need to understand, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a really interesting thing of like laying it to rest so you can progress (laughs) in your life. I see what what I mean. mean. Even though that is a level of progression to find those answers, it's just strange, man. The the many pathways you could take. And it's at this moment we're breaking out the gorilla glue because how did we do that whole conversation without smoking weed? It's because we're lifted. I've been praying, bro. You've been praying? <laughs> I'm just kidding. We all know that. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> no, I think, um, you know, you were talking about like the the reason that 
you don't go down these wormholes super often because it's sort of like there's a there's discomfort when you realize like oh I don't know shit like and here I am trying to figure it out and it, that that battle is sort of frustrating and it definitely definitely is um, but for me I look at it as like a like when you explore a new ph- philosophy or belief about the world it is definitely painful it's like painful in the way that growing is painful you're sure. like I don't like this it's fucking I'm not good at that yeah but if you can find something valid or true in these explorations like we've done today if you find something that clicks like huh that makes a lot of sense actually i do i can see the world that way now even just the slight variation in your belief that it's like it's like acquiring a new set of glasses for the world right Mm -hmm. this is how i try to tell kelly of like why i'm so interested in philosophy it's like being able to see new depths of reality. I don't see it crystal clear. It's like layers. It's like layers. Right? And imagine how a 13-year-old walks around looking at the world. They got a really shitty set of glasses because they don't understand all these layers that you and I might walk into a situation and we're with a 13-year-old kid and we both pick up on social clues from this person we're talking to where we sense sketchiness, we sense sure. manipulation, we sense some weird this weird vibe Every, with this guy. Yeah, totally. And the 13-year-old we, we leave the room and they're like he was nice. And I'm like, that was not no, a nice man. That guy's man. a murderer. That guy's a murderer. We can see. <laughs> yeah. And they would say, well, why? No, he stole something on the way out. And it's because we can see things that they cannot. Sure. There's layers to reality, social perceptions, different things that we experiences and, and being taken advantage of, and yeah, like being alert through that behavior uh, when it happens again, for sure. Where you're like, this reminds me of whatever these other situations are exactly. that have fucked you over, right? Exactly. And. In that way, you are more mature, more experienced, more more capable than a thirteen year old. You you see things clearer than they do. Sure. And when I whenever I explore philosophy, my goal is to extract something about this that helps me see the world in a more clear way. And that's the value of going down these wormholes. Because you're right, the ultimate conclusion is you don't know anything. But I can certainly discover like little chunks of truth inside of discussions like this, especially when we're both like pushing to the boundaries of what we actually know. Yeah. You kind of push, you're like, oh, start talking out of our ass a little we're, bit. We're too dumb. Let me pull back yeah. a little. Like, oh, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Ah, yeah. When you, when you like push those boundaries, you end up grabbing things from those conversations, even though it's like uncomfortable and like you just reminding yourself what a fucking moron you are. Yeah. It's still nice to come back and be like, wow, well, I, I, there was some validity here and some validity here, and then go try that out in the world. Oh, right? yeah, to, to me, it's sort of you like have a it, new filter to try. A new filter, a totally, new, new yeah. set of glasses I can yeah. throw on. Um, and so certain philosophies have given me these different sets of glasses where I feel like I can see things that some people don't see. Sure. Right? Where it's just like, oh, you didn't, you haven't like, you haven't tried you haven't this bitch on, you didn't yet. go down that road yet, mm-hmm. but you go all the way down there and you'll be like, oh, shit. Yeah, there's I get something. it now. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really interesting because some of that is like self-inflicted where you put yourself in these situations and it makes you push and learn, right? And then if you're aware enough, things, um, you remember that the next time and then you grow from that, right? Yeah. But do you have any friends that are like very sheltered that have not lived life at all, but are like super street smart? That have yeah. these like inhibitions about people and like who to trust and like they understand like I know you're pretty 
psychological. Like you can, when you're talking to somebody, at least for me, like my experience in sales and just my interest High in social people skills, and whatnot. You can pivot and turn that, around. Yes, but it's also like the way you're standing. Where are your arms? What do you do with your eyes? How mm -hmm. long do you look at me directly in my eyes before you look away and you become uncomfortable? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these little, like weird yeah, little, yeah, yeah. little things. And it's so interesting that our world can create the same person through two different pathways where it's like you and I have experienced a lot of life. You've experienced the, the thievery, the whatever it is that makes you not trust that murderer kid sure. as opposed to the 13 year old going, that guy's not so bad. But then you have buddies um, that are literally like they don't step out of their fucking house, yeah. but they can spot this shit from a mile away. Yeah. It's like this innate ability to, sure. I don't know, sniff it out, man. It's like this primal thing. It's like, is experience necessary? Yeah, well, experience or is it like a, a that, chemical makeup kind of thing. You know what I mean? Experience that you haven't articulated is still experience. So Ooh. their their inability to have the conversation about it doesn't necessarily invalidate that they have the same wisdom you do. They just didn't talk their way to it necessarily, right? Where yeah, you know, guys like you and I that that have a we're we're, we're talkers, right? Like we've always done this for True. ten years. We always just fucking go down wormholes and shit together. Mics or not? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But there's people who don't do it that way but they sure. do have an ability to like retain information from their experiences mm -hmm. right or and, someone else's experiences yeah that too. where like i learned from you you learned from me whatever it is yeah. you know not specifically yeah, yeah. it's just like anything that you're watching you don't actually once again kind of like us as human beings having the ability to project yourself in the future and experience something without actually doing that you can learn from someone else's experiences now. If you're smart enough. Yeah. If, you, if you're smart and like, it's this weird skill of being able to feel it without it happening to you. Yeah. Because you know about it. We, we watch documentaries. We know all the horrible shit that's going on in the world. Mm -hmm. But does that actually make us change chemically as opposed to that fear being right on your front doorstep? with yeah. like a gun in your face, like that fucking changes you like neurologically, chemically, like you sure. become a different person, right? Yeah. And so it's this weird like insider outsider thing of like, I don't actually need to experience these things anymore to learn it, right? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's if you're that aware of who you are, it takes a lot of special skills, if you will, sure, right? Sure. You have to be super aware and extremely open and like, yeah playing both sides, you not opinionated, you have to be an observer. Like it's it's this weird recipe. Yeah. And that's yeah, dude, that's probably the recipe thing I've talked about in the music industry a lot recently that people talk about I don't know, any skill set you have, like what makes musical identity is so similar to what makes normal identity. It's you're sure. you're a crazy complicated recipe. You're you're an you're in a recipe with fucking 40,000 ingredients. And that might be way short of mm -hmm. how many ingredients there really are. Totally. And just like a recipe with cooking, it's not just what the ingredients are. It's the timing, the order, the mm -hmm. temperature, the environment. So many. The preparation. Yeah. Yeah. You're this insanely complex recipe that's being built and constructed as you're going. You that's know? it, man. Yeah. It's, and the um, recipe changes. As you keep cooking yourself, correct, basically, right? Correct. It's just the weirdest thing, man. Yeah, and you can look, you can look back and see where you fucked the recipe up. Like, <laughs> ah, shit, I burned it. Sometimes I burned the crust. Sometimes, bro. <laughs> yeah, man. Until somebody comes by and they're like, "You're burnt," and you're like, "Am I?" Yeah, <laughs> am I? I'm, oh fuck. shit, I'm crispy out here, dude. I, I had no fuck idea, up, man. What yeah. am I doing? It's yeah, man. It's so deep. I wonder, just to kind of like sum it all up, 
I wonder if we'll ever reach this understanding that we've been talking about, whether it's through religion or experience or projecting yourself into time and experiencing these things without experiencing them. Like, yeah. will that but, ever be valid? You know what I mean? It's just, I, it's crazy. I'm Mike. I don't have a fucking answer. I, my Same. The way I move through the world is that you should, you should find comfort, not in the fact that you'll never know. That's not comfortable. Not in the fact that you think you know, because you're probably wrong, mm. but the comfort is in the battle. The push and the pull is where you're supposed to be. Sure. You're supposed to be navigating, balancing, and mediating chaos and order mm-hmm. at the same time. Chaos is what you don't know. Order is what you do know. And there's a lot of manifestations and archetypes of yeah. chaos and order. The push but, and pull between those things. But ultimately, it's the push All and the, the pull. You're supposed to, you know, you say, which direction should our country go? Should we go far left or should we go far right? Sure. Neither, bitch. Down the middle. We're right. supposed to fight it out. And every one of extre- sure. these extreme ideologies is supposed to meet in the middle. The that balance, the push and pull, is down to a fucking ionic level mm-hmm. of positive and negative. Like our 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 entire reality seems to be structured on the push and the pull, the balance. And you can label it as good and evil and chaos and order and male and female, testosterone and estrogen. You can find examples of that spectrum everywhere. Sure. But ultimately, it's uh, it's right down the fucking middle. The comfort is in the fight, not in who wins. You know. Totally. Yeah. Because even if you won. You're just looking for the next battle. Yeah, exactly. We'll just go find a battle. <laughs> that's it. Well, yeah, yeah, that yeah. obviously wasn't hard enough. So yeah. let's fucking do this next one. You exactly. Know? That's the theme, man. Yep. Hell that's yeah. That's the theme. Well, to the fucking battle, brother. My man. Hell yeah. This is a good Thanks one, for dude. having me, brother, for real. Hell yeah, man. It's been man. a fun time. All right. Catch y'all later. See you.